You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to LinkSoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to NestBedding.com. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Rooker, it's a fly ball to deep center. Robert going back at the track. He will turn and watch it fly. And 29 other MLB clubs. Dolis Garcia sends it on the other way. That sends Carroll back. He's at the Historic season. Julio with an absolute nuke out to left field. It's Glaber Day. And like a good Glaber, Torres is there. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to stuff plus <laughs> to walk-off dingers, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Good afternoon, everybody. Day two Cactus League show for A's Cast Live. It has been a long day. We got here early this morning. It was dark off to the left here to the west. It was a beautiful, and I mean beautiful, sunrise. I got to tell you, actually, that'd be the east, right? Sun rises in the west, sets in the east? Yes. Or no, yes. it's the other way around. Yeah, because the sun it goes, rises in the east and sets in, in the, the west. Because we get the sun, so we have the sun longer here. So the east this morning, it was absolutely beautiful. Breathtaking, I, some would say. I got to tell you, sunsets and sunrises in the desert, you just, you can't beat it. You absolutely can't beat it. So we've been here a lot. Been a long day, big fella. How you doing? Uh, well, still got a couple hours left. You all right? I mean, you hanging in there? Because basically today, I mean, Ray and I were the first people in the building at six a.m. Yeah, you beat PR here. And we no, we beat everyone here. We beat Vito's team here. Nah. They got here like two minutes Vito. after us. <laughs> Sorry, that's Raider Vito, Raider Justin Marshall, Ace Productions. Yeah, that's right. Ace Cast was here setting up cameras. You're and damn everything. right. Before anyone else was here. We, of course we were here. I'm, I'm sure the only person we didn't beat here was Mark Kotze because he probably was here at like 4 a.m. Of course we were all here. Yeah. Well, we're I, all here. I wasn't. Well, yeah, you know, you had to send the car back to pick you up. <laughs> I mean, I got here right before 7. I was here before 7 as the sun was coming up and it was beautiful. But, yeah, it's been a long day. But today has been really it's it's what you expect from 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 spring training. Today has been just hammering players, personalities. We have our new TV play-by-play crew that is going to join us. We got our state of the union, probably the most important thing we did today, state of the union as the sun is going behind the clouds, our state of the union with our general manager, our first official David Force show of 2024. Of course, David will join us either every single week or every two weeks. But I mean, we hammer him for about 20 minutes, not hammer him, but we, for 20 minutes, we get into the state of the union. I mean, we address just about every position, starters, relievers, going position by position, health of the minor league system. Then you're going to hear from our first baseman, Ryan Noda. You know I'm a huge Ryan Noda fan. 
I think this year is going to be a massive year for Ryan Noda. And then you're going to hear from, looks like, should be the starting shortstop for your Oakland Athletics, Nick Allen, who obviously uh, another guy that I pull huge for growing up with his family and knowing Nick and, and knowing his family uh, means a lot for me to, to watch him play and to watch him succeed. So you're going to really enjoy the show. Oh, and the media darling himself, we're going to air Lawrence Butler today. Oh, people love law. The law. Yeah. LB's going to join us, and I'm not talking about Larry Bird. I'm talking <laughs> Lawrence Butler, LB. Not Larry Boa. Not the great Larry Boa, the Philadelphia Philly. Shortstop for the 1980 World Championship team. Yeah, uh, friend of the program. We had him on last year. I love Larry Boa. Yeah, right. Was it last year when we played to Philly? Yeah, we played him open. Was it last year? I remember Larry Boa was on the program. I can't remember if it was last year or the year before. Didn't we open there two years ago? Yeah, so it might have been around then. Yeah. That was the opening day. Well, we so opened. It, you were at the Masters. I went to the Masters. It was my fifth. We year. were grinding just like this morning. We were grinding here at the start of the, start of the day, but you know. Doesn't everybody go to the Masters? Uh, yeah. Doesn't everybody go to Augusta? I have not. I've been to Georgia, but never Augusta. Doesn't er, doesn't everybody? Not everybody. Uh, I don't think so. You're the only one. I had a great time. It was it was a phenomenal time, but phenomenal show. There's gonna be there's a lot of positive energy, and I know that is tough for a lot of people right now, but I don't care. There's a lot of positive energy. Now, before I get all sunshine, lollipops, unicorns, and everything, because you're going to get a lot of that, because there's always good vibes in spring training. That's part of the right of spring training. The one thing that I find so interesting and means the most to me, everybody loves to talk about home runs. Everybody loves to talk about power. Everybody likes to talk about when it comes to pitchers' strikeouts because you guys all want to live in your fantasy. This guy right here, your fantasy stats that mean the uh, most to you. I don't do fantasy baseball. Not allowed. Oh, that's right. Fantasy hockey. I. But if you did do fantasy yeah. baseball, yeah, give me that. Give me that. Uh, there were certain stats you do care about. That's true. And strikeouts would be big. Uh, yes, K's are big. K per nine is pretty big. Uh, what are your biggest? Stats you would say for if if we were allowed to play fantasy baseball? Well, see, see the leagues that I used to be in, um, they do all the that you might have been in last year. I'm not saying uh, they do all the traditional stats that like, was put on by A's people. Uh, no, this is a different league. Oh, okay. this, this is the old guy. This is old. This is old years you. ago. This is years years ago. Batting average, home runs, runs. Uh, don't talk yeah. about batting average. Batting RBIs is the team stat. You old man. Damn right it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I, was doing leagues where you count more like it slugging and uh, OPS plus, things like that. But, you know, most leagues don't do that. It's the traditional, you know, uh, OPS, uh, batting average home runs, RBI, stolen bases. Um, it's been a while since I actually, like, dove into the advanced numbers on for fantasy. Well, I'm going to tell you the only stat that matters in 2024 for these guys. By the way. These hats are sick. Oh, the spring training hat. Yeah. Oh my God, these oh, are just, sick. I got those for us this morning. Just another thing I took care of today. It's just it's been a great day for all of us all, all around. We got hats. You got sunburnt. That was yesterday. You continue to get uh, sunburnt. Yeah. But these hats, by the way, coming down to spring training. And if you can't get down to spring training, go to the A's website. You can purchase all the spring training stuff. I'm telling you, as an A's fan. There are certain hats, you know, I've I've unveiled 
over the years. Haven't been around this a long time. I got a lot of the different specialty hats. Yes, I've got my standard A's hats, but I've got like my favorite one all time. I want to say I got it at the Tokyo Dome in 2019. It was our incredible St. Patrick's Day hat mm-hmm. with the with most. I I I haven't seen anybody else wear it in a long, long time. I got it because I was with the team. It has the clover on it. It's one of my favorites. I got a I, I've got a really cool red, white, and blue. Uh, A's 4th of July hat. That's great. This is kind of up there with it. So there's certain hats. I still love the 2014 All-Star hat when baseball started going to these specialty uniforms for teams. That was the year we had, what was it, six All-Stars? Yeah, then what we'd include. It didn't count. He was a Cub. But, yes, Samarja can. What do we have, six or seven? I think it was six and seven. Oh, with Samarja, it was seven, I believe. That was was. my guy, Josh Donaldson, Scott Kazmir. That's still one of my favorite hats of all time. This is gonna, this is going to be up there. This hat is as 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 you kids like to say, it's dope. <laughs> what people say, you say? Do we have something else like fire? My, kid, or? My, my kids don't say it. I think fire is the new one. Uh, the hat is dope, sick, awesome, on whatever. Fleek. It is on fleek is the one. And they're doing the spread. I, I guess most teams did it. Some teams just went with their traditional, but most teams are doing a special edition spring training hat, right? Uh, around the league yeah i believe yes that's this is i mean our stuff is always some of the best so if you can get this i want to have it on display this hat is money in the bank but before a lot i'm gonna be honest a lot of uh a lot of positive whether you like it or not you're gonna get it today here on ace cast live but here's the thing this is reality the most important stat for us this year is innings pitched Oh, they're going to say wins. I'm going to say thanks, Captain Obvious. Well, I would like to win more than I lose. That's is that, true. Is that, get, is that going out on a limb? Uh, no. Now, with all you all you analytics people, uh, is do wins still matter in this game? As a team stat, yes. As a team, do they still matter? Yeah, yes. Do we still want to win? Because um, I, I well, know. The, yes. It, I guess. Oh, what, I got to tell you. Depending a, on what sport you're talking about, teams want to win. A new golfing buddy of mine in the South Bay is a former Yankee farmhand. That's not the guy that ripped a, the far- Yankees? A for- he's buddies with him. He was in the minor leagues with him. He's a former St. Mary's catcher. I will not reveal his name yet, but he backed up everything that guy said. Oh, wow. To where the Yankees, Yankees didn't care if you were successful. To, to them, if you hit the ball hard, you were successful. Even if you struck out. If you went one for four in a game, Struck out twice, but the other at bat hit the ball hard. Basically, they saw that as two for four. Like if you hit the ball hard but struck out three times and four at bats, you still got some like play. He like confirmed all this to me. I'm like, are you? He goes, yeah. It was kind of crazy. So he was having to deal with it not only from the offensive side but also from the defensive side as a catcher dealing with pitchers. He was. I don't want to get too much into it yet. I want to save some of it because this is about spring training the A's. But he's going to go, go, yeah, if you threw hard and you were doing certain things and it was coming up on StatCast, they didn't care if you couldn't get people out as a pitcher. That makes sense. I back the, process, the process always was more important than the results. I get it. Process is important, but we've got to be results-oriented. To yeah. be successful. What was the kid's name? Was it, ben, it was Ben something. Ben, ben Ruda? 
There's a kid that whatever it is. Yes. But yeah, he we will get into that. But innings pitched for the A's is going to be so key because what we saw last year at the beginning of the year, starters could not get outs. They could not go deep into games. Mark Kotze's ultra competitive. Mark Kotze just can't lay down. Like, if you want to be, like, a manager that goes, we've got no shot, we got no payroll, this is the deal, I'm not going to burn my bullpen out, we know we're not going to win a lot of games, that's not Mark Kotze. Mark Kotze wants to win every single game. So if his guy's struggling, he's going to go out and get him. And what happens when you go out and get a guy early? Got to go to the bullpen. And what happens when you do it night after night after night guys in are, April and May? Guys are burnt out. Your, 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 your team's burnt. Yeah. So the A's, as we told you at the winter meetings in Nashville, don't stress out. You got to remember, everybody fishes in different ponds. The A's fish in a pond that gets fished in later, well after the big free agent sign, even though they have an all sign. But we fish in a different pond later on, and we get guys. But you just have to wait, and that's what happened. Because what scares the hell out of me, and this can't happen again. If this happens again, we're we're going to be – we might as well just run the same shows next spring because we're going to be saying the same thing. The A's used 24 different starters last year. 24 different guys started in 162 games. And, no, we weren't running out a bunch of openers. We weren't the San Francisco Giants. Uh, confirmed. We were we, running we, out. We had some openers, but not like the Giants. No, 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 no. We had 24 different human beings start games. That cannot happen. Just can't. Whatever we're going to say, whatever things we're going to try and build up, and none of it will matter if we're rolling out basically 25 starters again. If that happens, the ship's going down, and it's going down fast. We're going to be the band on the Titanic. Oh, wow. It's got morbid. <laughs> Wait, the Titanic sank only 112 years ago. Hey, right? I hate to tell you. <laughs> right? 112, if you're, if, if, if you're renting Titanic and it's a three three hours and 40 minutes, whatever, uh, I hate to be a spoiler, but the boat will sink. Oh, well, I don't need to watch it I, gu- I guess you get the love story in there. Put it at the end. The boat does sink. Like it. It. it, it it tips like this, and then it breaks off, and then the point goes down, and then the other part goes down, and uh, that's all she wrote. It's going to go down to the bottom of the Atlantic. Well, what you're saying is you don't want that to happen again this season. I don't want to be the band that's acting like everything's fine. Dun, 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 dun. Almost like the Star Wars I was going to say you're going dun, dun, to start dun, dun, the cantina dun, dun, band. Dun, 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 dun. I don't want to be that guy. 24 different starting pitchers cannot happen. So I just started writing dudes' names down. Alex Wood, Ross Stripling, J.P. Sears, Paul Blackburn, Joe Boyle, Joey Estes, Luis Medina, at some point, Ken Waldachuk, Kyle Moeller, Hogan Harris. Don't forget Adrian Martinez is still around. Yes. Uh, Roy Bear Salinas, yep. who came over and trade from Atlanta's growing up. Mitch Spence, did you put him Mitch on there? Mitch Spence, who you did not tell David Force was not on my list. 
So if you don't know, Cody had a list for David Force at the winter meetings, if anybody remembers that. And we had David Force on right before. David Force literally sat down, I interviewed him, and then he went to the Rule 5 draft. And everybody was in there. It's like funny. Everybody in baseball goes in there. You had like three names for him? Yeah, none of them. uh, One of them was – Cole Wilcox, and there's a couple other guys. And, uh, he won't None play. were Mitch Spence. No, Am I missing anybody? Uh, Freddie Tarnock. Oh, yeah, Freddie Tarnock. And then there's uh, there's a couple guys. They're not, not on – they shouldn't be on your radar, but there's a couple guys they added, added to the 40-man that you could maybe – that was like Hogan Harris last year. I got Hogan Harris on here. Uh, is it Brady Besso? He's the guy that's on the 40-man roster. Could be a starter eventually for them. I'm talking about guys who could start this year. Jack Perkins might have been one, but that was David uh, is going to tell you. Tell you if there's he had an injury early in camp. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. We have talked about for the last couple years. A Major League Baseball team, on average, is going to use somewhere between 12 and 13 starting pitchers on the year. Folks, it's disgusting. I hate it, but it's reality. The days of you're going to use seven guys, it's over. Not going to happen. Who was that? Was it the Tigers of, like, 2014, 13 or the last team to only use seven guys? Yeah. And you got Verlander. You got Price. You had Scherzer. Doug Fister. uh, Porcello. I mean, mean, they they had, like, seven guys. That was it. Yeah, they won that. I'm looking at it right now. Was was it the 13 team that won 93 games? It was 13, 14, something like that. One of the years they played, it had to be 12 or 13. It's where they played us in the playoffs. They had six different starters that year. Six. The other one was uh, Anibal Sanchez, and they had Jose Alvarado, or Alvarez, sorry. So six different starters. All of them made 29 or more, and then Alvarez made six starts. 29 or more, and we're happy that J.P. Sears had 32. Verlander started anyway, th- Verlander 34. So this group, how many innings they give you? What I like about it is that the A's have actually built depth and you can weather a storm because guys are going to get hurt and you can weather a storm. You can have five here. You can have five in Las Vegas. You've got something. You've got depth. You've got a chance. Because once again, you go through 24 guys and and, and, and nobody can get anybody out and you burn out your bullpen. Everything that we're talking about here doesn't matter. It's like if we compared it to football, it's like you can't stop the run. And let me tell you something. Having worked many, many years in the NFL, if you cannot stop the run, you have no chance to win. Zero. It's demoralizing when the other team's offensive line takes over your defense and your front seven is powerless They will just run it down your throat, run it down your throat, run it down your throat. And then the passing game, everything's open. You can do whatever you want. It's like a shooting gallery. An offensive coordinator, once they know they can run it down your throat, they can do anything they want in their playbook. They can run any trick play. They can run any pass. Your quarterback has all day long because you've beat up their front line. You've beat up their front seven. That's the reality about pitching. Pitching is what you have to have. If you don't have it, the rest of it doesn't matter. There is a guy we forgot, Oswaldo Obito. Obito, your guy from Pittsburgh. It's another guy, yeah. What was that, 15 now? 
I was I was just looking at the uh, the at the liners we were banners we run down here on for the show, and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot we I forgot we got him a couple months ago. So that gives me one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen guys. And Perkins, if I we don't know what the injury is, David Force just mentions it. Look it up. I did. I didn't see that. But if you had him, that's sixteen. So at least there's a stable of guys that hopefully you can find that you're not going to use 24 different pitchers. Hopefully you can use 10 or less. I mean, that may be asking too much, but where are your innings coming from? Because the bullpen has power arms. I don't see anything on here for his injury. Maybe he broke news and kind of just kind of did a drive-by with it. Yeah, might have been. Because ju- I'm, just, I'm just telling you, the bullpen – Power arms up and down. You're going to have Mason Miller, Zach Jackson, Danny Jimenez, Lucas Lucas Ursig, Trevor Gott. I mean, you've got arms. You just can't burn them out. Give them an opportunity to help you throughout the season. You're going to need innings. You get innings from your starting pitchers, the A's will have a chance to be far greater than they were last year. And they were so bad last year at 50 wins, that's why a dramatic improvement won't shock me. See, to most people, like, how do you go to, like, 65, 70 wins? Well, that's because last year they were just so bad. They were so bad early. If you're not that bad early, 65 to 70 wins is really not that hard. You're still well under 500. That's a big improvement, though. That's you're sunk five, yes, but if from but 50, if you're sunk on the bottom of the ocean, coming halfway up is not that big of a deal. Hey, well, as long as you don't fall back to the bottom. But do you see what I'm saying? The bar is set so low at 50, 70 is highly achievable. Correct. Yes. Especially young core gets hot, very athletic. Bullpen's got power arms. That's what I'm saying. If you can just get innings pitched. From all these different starters, if you can find some, some, you a bouillabaisse. You know what a bouillabaisse? I've heard of. I don't know what it is. It's a mixture of a lot of different oh. ingredients. If you can get some type of mixture, and I don't care what which names they are, you just got to get some of these guys to give you a lot of innings. J.P. Sears and and company, whoever you are. Make it happen. J.P. Sears at all. <laughs> Make it happen. Whether it's Wood, Stripling, Boyle, Estes, Muller, Tarnock, Medina, whoever you are, make it happen, and the A's got a shot. That was your big thing line. Was that last year or two years ago? Just make it happen. Just make it happen. Just just sometimes in life you just got to make it happen. That's the big deal for me right there. 4,374, you hear it all the time. That's the amount of outs you're going to get. How are you going to get these outs? How are these starters going to get to the bullpen to give you a chance to win? If our starters are going out in the second, third inning, it's all she wrote. We'll be at the bottom. But if they don't, you got a chance. That's that's my worry because the rest is a lot of positive. Because you know in life a good talk show host cannot be positive full time. Even a spring training Remember, I sell two things in life. What are they? Uh, positivity. Hope and worry. Yeah, so, well, I sell two things. I sell hope. I sell worry. I say positive and negative are the same thing. <laughs> I gave you a little worry. I got a lot of hope for you. Our first, David Forst, 
interview, well, we had him at the winter meetings, but our first kind of official, because this is kind of the start for us, the official, that was still off season. Our first 2024 in season, because it's like our season, of the general manager show, David Force, a state of the union with our GM right here on A's Cast Live. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And for the general manager show right here on Ace Cast with the GM of your Oakland Athletics, David Forst. And happy 2024 spring training Cactus League action. It's nice to be back. I mean, first week of spring training. Everything's going great. Guys are healthy. Guys look good. This is uh, indisputably the best week of the year right now. Well, I got to tell you, I have kind of a little mantra since we've gotten down here. And obviously, you have to deal with it. I have to deal with it. All the outside noise. Yeah. But the reality is the outside noise doesn't affect this. And what I'm trying to tell everybody is you need to understand this roster is far better than the 50 wins last year. It's far more athletic than you think. It's this young core has grown up. Your team, in my estimation right now, is going to be far, far better than it was last year. I hope you're right. I mean, we obviously think so, and we've spent, you know, spent a lot of time in the offseason working on the roster. Um, but you're, you know, your first point, you're exactly right. All that stuff that's gone on the last five months or last 12 months or whatever it is. The great thing about being out here is like that all sort of fades into the background for us. And absolutely for the 68 players and the staff in that clubhouse, you know, they are really good at blocking things out at focusing on what happens between the lines. And uh, that's what this is. That's what this is supposed to be about. And it's nice to be here and be able to focus on that. Yeah. Our job. Well, your job is to build the team. <laughs> My job is to talk about the team yeah. and the organization that you built. That's what we right. do. And their job is to go out and play. Their job yeah. isn't to worry about, you know, who's coming to the games and who's not coming or where they're playing and where they're not. Their job is to go out there and play. And like I said, a lot of those guys are really good at that. Late, you add some additions that I absolutely love because, you know, I always focus on one number and people think it's funny, but I focus on the number 4,374. Okay. That's the number of outs you need. <laughs> nine innings, 27 outs, 162 games, 4,374. Pitching yeah. to me is a big deal. How are you going to get those outs? But you need innings. And innings is a big thing in our game, and that's why I can't wait. We're going to talk to J.P. Sears later on in camp. I think it was such a big deal it, for him in modern baseball for a guy to go 32 starts is a really big deal yeah. but my thing for you before i start talking about your younger players and your core and the athleticism athleticism i think when you got wood and you got ross stripling and you got these guys in you got some veteran guys you need innings yep. and we always talk about you know at the winter meetings there's different ponds to be fishing in and you wait you waited looks like you got some innings late 
Yeah, it was it was absolutely the the focus as we went in the off season. I mean, we knew what happened in April and May last year. It's exactly what you're talking about. We yeah. we didn't have guys to get out. I mean, our depth was tested early. We didn't respond well. We dug a hole. We were, you know, every game was snowballing to the next one. Cots and Emo were, you know, they weren't managing games. They were just trying to find 27 outs worth of pitching every day. And that's it's no way to to go through a season. So um yeah, I look I, I said it a couple times throughout the off season that we were focused on, you know, starting pitching to start, put on some experience and guys who could manage games. And uh, the conversations on both Alex and Ross started early at the GM meetings in November. And they just, those things just take time. I mean, you get, you sort of go through the GM meetings and winter meetings and don't do anything. And everybody sort of looks and is like, what are you doing? Like what, where are the moves, where are the transactions? And there are always, always conversations happening. So uh, Woody was a perfect fit because from day one, his agent said he wants to go somewhere where he can get 30 starts. He, he sees himself as a starting pitcher. <laughs> he, uh, 30 starts, baby. You know, he, he obviously bounced back and forth with the Giants yeah. the last two years. And that's, you know, that's the way they managed him. But Stripling, same way. Yeah. yeah but, back but Woody wanted to go somewhere where he could be a starter. And that was the opportunity we were offering. And he he knew the Bay Area. He had no issue coming, coming here to play. Um, and then Ross, obviously, different different conversation because he gets traded. It's not like we recruited him necessarily, but as soon as he got here, and I said, "Hey, we want you to start," you could sort of see him just you know relax and say, "Okay, good, that's what I want too." So you've got those two guys. You've got Alexander and Gott in the bullpen, um, who also happen to pitch for the Giants. We're not we're not just trying to run back San Francisco's pitching staff from the last few years. Remember back in the days when you guys would not do any deals with right. the Giants? We wouldn't touch anybody. <laughs> so now we, and then you, now you throw in Newcomb who came out of their yeah. system. We've got, happen to have five guys on our staff who came basically straight from the Giants. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you've got, you've got that experience. And, and Mark talks a lot about, like I said earlier, guys who can manage a game, who don't get blown up in the second inning. And all of a sudden you're going to the pen and you're like, how are we covering today, tomorrow, and the next day? Like, that's what you can't have. And, and we're not going to go through all the names, but I mean, we mentioned you, Ross and Alex and JP Sears, and then he's throwing Blackburn. And then we start talking about what can Boyle be. And then we, we talked to Estes, who just, my God, he just reeks big game, young pitcher, right? Kyle Muller still is somebody who I, I, I want to have faith in and, and, and Tarnock. And like, hey, yeah. you've got a, a, a stable of pitchers that you didn't have last year that, if a guy or two goes down, it's not like, oh, boy. Right. No, it feels that way, and that was that was our goal. So all those guys you mentioned absolutely uh, were part of, part of the equation in the mix. Guys like Kyle and Freddie, who, were, you know, who we counted on a lot last year, have a little more experience under their belt. Um, and, J, you know, JP is, is a huge deal. Like you said, Cots called him out in the, the initial meeting because to go out there and make 32 starts as basically a rookie on a staff that had a whole lot of stuff going on around him, um, yeah, it wasn't easy to do. And, and we haven't mentioned Ken Waldachuk, who I've said I think was our most consistent guy in August and September last year. And we hope to get him back after his 60-day IL is up. So you got that coming later and, uh, and Medina Boyle as just all these guys with some experience now. Then we go to the – got a ton of stuff to ask you. We've, we've missed you. <laughs> we've missed you. It's beautiful out. I could sit here all day. Uh, the bullpen. We just we, – we talked to Jackson – uh, Jimenez, two power arms. Lucas Ursig is you were there when we did the banquet, the Santa Clara County baseball banquet. We honored him. He's a great story. That's three power arms right there. And then Mason Miller, which yeah. is a chance to close. It kind of reminds me 
way back when, when you guys, I don't even know if you were here then, but when, um, I remember doing the interview with Billy about it when, uh, Jason Isringhausen was acquired from the Mets. Yeah. So I missed when we got Izzy, that was in 99, right before I got here, but I was, so it reminds me of that, right? Like the great starter can't stay healthy, all this stuff, bring him. And all of a sudden he's turns into, he's in the Cardinals hall of fame now. I mean, so (laughs) Point is, how do you like the bullpen? We used to talk about there's no power arms other than maybe Lou, Lou Trevino. Now it seems like you have a whole host of power arms. Yeah, there. I think we've got good stuff. And and obviously, like the, the question mark with all those guys is staying healthy and not just Mason, but Danny and Zach had, you know, injury issues last year. And um, it's the same same thing you have with starters. You got to have enough weapons, enough depth to withstand some of the injuries that are unfortunately just part of the game right now. But um, but we do have stuff. I mean, our, our guys went out and signed a lot of minor league free agents too with stuff. Guys like Tyler Ferguson and Gerson Moreno, Danny's Correa. These guys come into camp and they throw hard. They've got swing and miss stuff. So you're going to see some of those names also compete for spots. So it's the bullpen's in a good place and, and ultimately will probably hinge on, on whether Mason can stay healthy in that role. What's the number one thing that you look for in relievers to feel confident that you can put them in those high leverage key situations, if not closing. Yeah. I mean, that's a difficult thing to gauge if a guy hasn't done it before. And obviously it's, you know, it's the biggest question for Mark and emo is, is when you got a guy who can get out, who, who has stuff can miss bats, all that stuff. When is it safe to kind of move him back in the game? And given that we saw with Danny two years ago, where he kind of fell into that spot because we had no alternatives and he, he really excelled yeah. as a closer for, you know, half a season. Um, even, you know, even experienced guys like Trevor May last year had never really done that before. You don't know how they're going to respond. So it's something, you know, it's something that Mark and Emo have to figure out as we go along, get a feel for the guy. What is his heart rate when he's out there? Can he handle really pitching when the game's on the line? You want to know when you start to realize you've been around a while? <laughs> I realize it all the time. But, well, I'll give but, you one. But what is it for you? So uh, lately I've been walking around going, you know, for Zach Geloff, my comp, I, I see it totally. He reminds me of a young Ryan Sandberg. Yeah, I've heard you say that. And a lot of your people around here go, who? <laughs> I'm not joking. We're not that old, Chris, are we? I'm not joking. <laughs> they have no clue who Ryan Sandberg is. And I go, huh, guess I got to dumb this thing down. Uh, but for us, Google it, folks. He's a Hall of Famer. And I hope he gets better. I know he's dealing with, with cancer right now. But a young Ryan Sandberg, size, stole bags, powered all fields. Yeah. He obviously was great defensively. He's a baseball Hall of Famer. That's kind of, I know Geloff was originally going to be a third baseman injury a little bit, but I mean, I, that's what he reminds me of. He reminds me of Ryan Sandberg when I watch him play. Yeah. I mean, the, the way Zach came up and, and hit the ground running, like we've, we've all sort of set really high expectations for him. And Is I, it fair? Probably not. No, that's a good question. It's probably not fair, except, except for the fact that I know he expects it of himself. I mean, you know, you know, his confidence level, you know, he wants to go out and be a leader on this team and, and we're happy to have him in that role. Like he, it's not, it's not often you think of a guy with two months of big league experience as taking a leadership role, but, but Zach has that ability. The guys gravitate to him and when you go out and perform the way he did. You, you earn that. How do you like the battle at short? Look, Nick played really well the last couple of months. The last time he came up, he made an adjustment offensively, defensively. The game slowed down for him. I mean, I think I think Nick has sort of the the upper hand in that that battle right now. So he he deserves to be there. That said, 
there's obviously a wealth of talent coming behind him. Daryl Hernandez is going to get up every opportunity to play this spring, see at all three spots what he can do. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the two young guys, Munts and Wilson behind him, like we're, we're in a good position at that spot. We had Wilson on earlier today. He's yeah. got the biggest grin on his face. Jacob, he's, yeah, he's a good kid. He he obviously grew up around the Yeah, game. it's a home game here for him in Arizona. And College, yeah. his parents. Yeah, um, he's totally grin. comfortable being around the clubhouse. He's yeah. a fun kid to have around. So, Hernays, I was going to get like third base because I know you guys are really high on Brett Harris. Jordan Diaz, we know that's the stick. I mean, how do you kind of see their base playing out? Yeah, those guys are all in the mix there. They're all going to get time. Abraham Toro's done it in the yeah, big leagues right, Toro, before. Yeah. So, somewhere, you know, Ledmus can play over there. So, I think Kotz is going to have to figure that out. I know it's one of the sort of more undefined spots on the diamond right now, and that'll be – That'll be key over the next four weeks of games to figure out what we're doing there. I don't even have to ask you first base because the guy at first base does what? Gets on base. He gets on base. We <laughs> talked to my man Ryan Noda earlier. I, I expect big things. I think we're going to see more power out of him. He's going to be top five on base percentage American League. I'm I'm saying maybe even a gold glove at first. I love me some Ryan Noda. Yeah, well, you saw in the second half when he got more comfortable and he kind of settled in. Like, he was, you know, understandably nervous as heck last spring. Coming in as a Rule 5 guy, a little bit on the older side, knowing this was his opportunity and made the team. And then slowly but surely, what he does well kind of came out. And, and he, he got on base. He hit some homers later in the year. And like you said, he does play really good defense. So I think Ryan's super comfortable with where he's at right now. He's, he's had a year under his belt, and I agree. I, I We have big expectations for Ryan. I thought one of the coolest things has been the story of Brent Rooker, how Mark Kotze was brilliant you, using Rooker as the example of, let's be honest, you sat wherever you were somewhere around here, and you said, Pache or Rooker? It wasn't even here. It was in San Francisco. That's how late it was. Okay. We were already, and that that story is absolutely honest. We sat in that office in San Francisco in the manager's office trying to figure out the last spot, and it came down to, like, after the second Bay Bridge game, figuring out if Rook was going to be with us or not. Um, and it's a perfect. I, you know, I gave Mark a lot of credit for using that in his opening meeting because that's exactly what – 30 plus guys in that clubhouse are, are looking at right now is to, will I take advantage of the opportunity when I get it? And and no one did it better than Brent. If Rooker didn't get that call and you went with Pache, we have no idea what Rooker's career would be like right now. For sure. Yeah, no, I, it, it's hard to say. I mean, look, we, we always say there very few hall of famers get blocked when they're in the minor leagues. Like that doesn't happen, but it does happen. You got to be in the right spot at the right time. And then you also have to take advantage of it. And and you saw early in the year, he hit those homers in Baltimore and he kind of made his mark. And you're like, okay, like this guy's going to get some rope and he's going to get an opportunity. And he, and he used it. You don't think Ken Griffey Jr. was blocked? <laughs> I don't know if we can have this kid in the big leagues. I don't know. Hall of Famers don't get blocked. <laughs> they, they figure it out. Uh, so I took Rook at third. I mean, I'm excuse me, Rook at uh, DH. Yeah. And once again, great job by Car Mark Kotze. Letting everybody know, hey, no one's blocking it. There's no 12-year contract out here. Everybody's got a shot. Outfield, I'm super excited because outfield, I just see we talked to J.J. Blade. I think J.J.'s got all-world talent. Yep. Let's see if he can do it. We all love law, all-world talent. Ruiz has the potential to run everybody out of the building. I mean, it just go. you yeah. still got 
Brownie, who's got 30 home run potential. I mean, yep. your outfield's interesting. Yeah, but not everybody can play. Right. There's a, there is maybe one extra guy. The you know the other guy in that mix is Miguel Andujar, who yes. is, is going to play out in left field this spring. And he can play third too, right? I think we're done with the third base days for, okay. for, for Miguel. <laughs> yeah. No, I think he'll play some first. He made DH, but left yeah. field he's done all right. We think he can really hit. I mean, he that's what he has done. He kind of got stigmatized by the defense in New York and that really, you know, I think plagued him there, but he can really hit at a great winter ball. He's come in and made a good first impression in camp. So yeah, the guys you mentioned, Blade, Ruiz, Law, Brownie, Andujar, you know, Rook will have to get some time out there. Noda can obviously play out there if, you know, our matchups work out. So it is a crowded outfield. Like I said, maybe one one more guy than there is roster spots, but we have good options. All right, I've been nothing but sunshine, lollipops, everything's great. Isn't that what we're here to we're do? We're working on our tan. It's a cactus league. But I know you. I've known you for a long time. You're a worry wart. You're a total worry wart. Yeah. What are you worried about? Uh, I'm worried about our division. I'm worried about how good the other teams are. I'm worried about always worried about injuries. Position player, you know, we built a lot of depth on the pitcher side. Position player injuries to the wrong guys could really hurt. Um, and I'm just generally worried about guys not developing in a sort of straight line. I mean, we know we're going to have to deal with some of this. You hope it doesn't all happen at the same time. But, um, look, we've got an uphill climb. Anytime you, you know, come out of a season where you win 50 games and you think about can we improve by 30-something games, that's a tall task. That's what it takes to be competitive and to really get to the, that, the next step where we want to go. So that's, that's a big ask. Some of the players, I've talked to a lot of them. Some of them, the, the more kind of guys have been around here or have been in the organization. I didn't ask really new guys, but I asked them, I said, do you get the sense of uh, the us against the world mentality? They've said yeah. yes. That's how, good. Do you, how do you feel as a GM? I think that's healthy for them. I, I, it doesn't matter how I feel. I don't go out there and play. So I'm not competing against anyone. Um, I, I don't know that we should get caught up in that. If that motivates them, I'm all for it. Um, and, I, and I understand why they feel that way a little bit. Look, this is an incredible game that allows you every day to come to the ballpark thinking you have a chance to win, no matter what the five months before that looked like. We had no business coming to the park in September, feeling good about ourselves, feeling like we had a chance to win based on what we'd been through. And we went out there and we had our best month of the year with some really impressive performances. We've mentioned Rook and Waldachuk, and I've mentioned Geloff and the adjustments that Nick and, and these guys made, like, that there's something about this game that allows you to sort of wipe the, the slate clean every day. And that's exactly what we need. How's the health of the organization? Once we get away from the 40 man, yeah. some of the invitees, we look at the young players. How's the health? I feel really good about where we are. We had some guys in the minor leagues take some big steps. Again, we've mentioned some of them months, months went to double a as a 21 year old and performed better than he did in high. That's a great sign. Jacob had a great first summer guys like Jack Perkins, who unfortunately got hurt here in the beginning of camp had a big year. Stevie Emanuel stayed healthy and went out and pitched. Well, we added, you know, Salinas and Basso to the roster who I think are starting pitchers in the making. So I feel really good about the system. Spreggy's done a really good job adding staff and, and techniques and, and technology down there to help these guys out. All right, let's end on this, because we always ask, and I do this with Mark Kotze. Yeah. We always ask about everybody else. How are you doing? 
I told how's you. How's David is... Force World? How's the family? How was your off season? Thank you for asking. How is everything? Other, how's the health of our GM? Other than my golf game, everything is going great. I I love being here this time of year. I do have the kids down here, which is fun. My son's 13, gets to run around and shag yeah. BP. I mean, there's nothing better than that. Um, but this truly is the most optimistic, hopeful time of year. And it kind of reminds us, you know, what is so much fun about this gig? I remember last year when you were over here, if you're listening on Ace Cast, I apologize, <laughs> but for everybody watching over at the visitor's dugout where you were just sat there and played catch with your children. Yeah. And it's those moments that we who are around the game were just, they will remember that for the rest of their lives. It's very important that, you guys give your heart, and so we all do. I mean, the amount of time that we've spent, my God, my wife's on me about it all the time. Like, <laughs> do you have to do two-hour post-game shows? I mean, we the amount of time that we spend around this game, just how important is it that you make sure you have that family time, especially when you have the beautiful weather and everything's great down here in yeah. Arizona? No, I'm I'm very lucky to be, you know, to be with this organization in this job. Um, even luckier to get to share it with my family. So having the kids out here for the week is uh, is really special. And that's something else that I talked to Matt Weiss about, you know, because we everybody always, oh, my God, what's going on? People don't – and this is not a suck-up. This is just a reality. It's, it's an honor to work for the organization. People don't – once again, the outside noise is the outside noise. But inside our – our employee bubble world, yeah. life's really good. We have great people. We have great people. I, you know, I took stock at some point this off season of, of all the long, long tenured employees. You know, Matt, Matt's been here since he was 14 years old. I mean, Crazy. Yeah, he and, and Brian Davis and, and Mike Clavin in the clubhouse been here their whole lives, basically. Um, you know, guys like Eric Kubota and Grady and all these people, Pam Pitts, who've been here longer than I have, like, it's the people are great and, and it continues to be a good place to work and, and a lot of fun to kind of make things happen with that group. You're your your adult life. 25 years. This is my 25th Think spring. Think about that. Yeah. You've been here longer than anywhere else in your life. <laughs> I know it feels like it, man. I had hair at one point too. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course, back in the day when you're just hitting bombs at Harvard uh, and I don't remember it that way, but that's fine. We'll, that, that's we'll you can't that tell way. me that these hack baseball player big leaguers can <laughs> take take down the kid from Harvard. Come on. Oh, quickly, Bobby Crosby yeah. added to the staff. I remember I had a conversation with you going, man, I kind of like Bobby. Yeah. I've always liked Bobby as a player. I remember covered him. I just there's something that it just he it screams future manager to me. I'm so glad you you um added him to the staff and like like talking to Lawrence Butler. I think it means a lot to some of the players yeah. that played for him that he's going to be a great mental resource for them. No, he really impacted a lot of these guys as they came through the system managing Midland the last couple of years. I think we Cots asked Muncie in the fall league. We came down to see the fall league and Muncie came over and talked to us and Cots just trying to get to know Max. He asked him, so who, you know, who is your favorite teammate in Midland? He said, Bobby Crosby was his favorite teammate with the Rockhounds. I, I think Cross has this way of relating to guys. He has a fire that I think will serve him well on the major league staff. And, yeah, I'm excited he's here. Great stuff. Kind of a state of the union before we get this thing going. Let's do it. I got to tell you, I'm excited. I think this team that you have built, I think there's depth. I think there's pitching. I think there's innings. I think there's outs. I just I think it's better than people think. And uh, let's go get them. Good luck. I hope you're right. This is, It's going to be interesting to watch. 
the general manager of your Oakland Athletics, David Force, right here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live. Things are rosy at the start of spring training. Nobody's injured. Well, Perkins got something. We got to figure out what that is. But for the most part, every, everybody's relatively healthy. Everybody's had a good offseason. Everybody, you know, why not be positive? Can we just be positive at least one time of the year? Spring training. Yeah, because once the season starts, I mean, you know, oh my God. You know I'm very negative once the season Doom starts. Doom and gloom every day. I got to come and pick everybody up. <laughs> it's almost like I'm a counselor. I got to come pick up everybody's spirits every single day. It's like it's camp. I got to make all the kids seem happy that their parents dropped them off at some camp. We're playing more games today. That's that's fair, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're the you're the ray of sunshine. The positive, your positivity, uh, positive Pete is what you are. I'm the uh, lay down Larry, negative Nancy, whatever. God, what was the movie where Bill Murray was the uh, head of the camp? Uh, it was called Meatballs. I'm like Bill Murray and Meatballs. If you haven't seen the movie, look it up. Have you ever seen the movie Meatballs? I have not. You no. have to see it. That's a homework excitement right there. But, yes, there is. And you know what? You should be shocked by it because I could see people going, now oh, you're just being a homer. They lost 50 games. If you can't figure out whoa, after whoa. last year, I mean won 50 games. If you can't figure out how to get better in an offseason after you only won 50 games, how can you not? Yeah, fact. Like, right? Like, like how can you not say this team's going to be better? All they got to do is win 51, and technically you're right. So what happens if they win 60, 65, even up to 70? It's possible because that's how bad it was. So it's not like, so when you say, wow, God, you're pretty rosy for a team. Yeah, it's hard not to be. They only won 50 last year. It's not going to take a whole heck of a lot just to be somewhat better. But what if a lot is better? I'm not saying 500. I'm saying what if you get to 70 wins? That's still a crappy season. Yes. But it'd be a 20-game improvement. That's all that matters. You're looking for improvement. Yeah, no doubt. That's all you got? Uh, what do you mean? I'm done. Captain, <laughs> Captain Obvious? Yeah, you're just looking for improvement. I'm, I'm just giving you cliches. Wow, now. you are tired. It's been a long day, huh? <laughs> I'm giving you cliches. <laughs> I'm just he here to help. spent. The, I'm just here to help. Oh, yeah, you are. You, 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 at this point? <laughs> yeah. All right, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Cody's a little tired. He's sunburnt. It's been a long day. Coming up next, she's made history. She's made history with the A's. We'll talk about it next right here on A's Cast Live. Hey, Oakland A's fans. Join your team this spring in Mesa. With nonstop flights direct from Oakland, there's never been a better time to head to the Southwest. Surrounded by the stunning Sonoran Desert, spring training fans know why Arizona is the perfect spring break escape. Miles of trails, shoreline, and sunshine combined for an unforgettable Arizona adventure. There's simply no shortage of things to do, see, and discover in Mesa. Get your visitor's guide at visitmesa.com. 
Hey, it's Eno Saris, your friendly neighborhood baseball scribe. There are two things I love, baseball and beer. When I'm not busy around the ballpark, you'll likely catch me back with a cold one at any of Fieldwork Brewing's eight locations sprinkled across the Bay Area. Fieldwork's got a rotating lineup of over 20 beers on tap that's as diverse as any 26-man roster. They got everything from super juicy, hazy IPAs to crisp pilsners and tropical sours that make your taste buds do the wave. Whether you're all about that draft life or prefer to grab some cans to go, Fieldwork's got your bases covered. Check them out at fieldworkbrewing.com to learn more. That's fieldworkbrewing.com. If you're looking for a new mattress, Nest Bedding has you covered. Sleep on the same mattress Hall of Famer Ricky Henderson sleeps on. Nest Bedding is the number one brand of online mattresses and the Bay Area's favorite mattress store. Take home the Easy Breather Pillow. The New York Times calls it their number one pick. You can navigate their easy-to-use website, nestbedding.com. That's nestbedding.com. Green and Gold fans, use the coupon code Oakland, and you get 10% off your entire order. Nest Bedding, love where you sleep. Ever since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my hiding spots. Ha! Found ya. How? That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity. Now through March 21st, get started with 200 megabit internet for $25 a month for two years with no annual contract and get Wi-Fi equipment included. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Requires paperless plan auto pay stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply to internet service and Wi-Fi equipment. Actual speeds vary. A's Cast Live continues from A's Spring Training. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, we finally got to meet Jenny Kavnar, who you knew what back at uh, back in Nashville. Yeah, I met her in Nashville at the winter meetings with uh, Delaire. With NBC people? Yeah. yeah. The dirty little secret? This is really special. The first woman to be your lead play-by-play voice, face on television in Major League Baseball history. It's a big deal. And as you're going to see in this interview, I think I talk about it late, as a father of twin girls... Anytime you see something like this happen, an opportunity open up for women. And in the future in our game, to have more women working in all aspects, whether it's front office, coaching, I mean, you name it, broadcasting, to even maybe playing someday. It's always wonderful to see and to have our organization to be a part of it and uh, to have Jenny on board as she will be calling games. Also, Chris Carey has been named as we're going to have basically a two-headed monster doing our television for NBC Sports California. Jenny will do more of the games. I guess she's being called the primary. Is that what it's? Correct, yes. We have a primary and a non-primary broadcaster. That's that's well, not I, us. We're not NBC. I, I'm just reading what the script, what the copy tells me, and it says primary. Is this what NBC is saying? Uh, yes. Primary television voice of the of the athletics live game day coverage, and then Chris Carey will do the rest. What's he being called? Let's see. I have the. What are they calling him? Non-primary? Uh, Chris is considered play-by-play announcer for its live game coverage of the Oakland Athletics. He so joins. we so we want to make sure 
we've hired two, but we want to make sure she's known as the primary. Correct. So what's I'm just reading what I'm just reading the copy in front of me. Well, it's coming from who's it coming from? NBC. So that's what NBC's telling yes, us. Yes, correct. It's almost like the Howard Stern movie. NBC. Remember that? Was that private parts? Yeah. Is that the movie? Yeah. So earlier today, Jenny stopped by. This is day two of Cactus League action here on A's cast. She's made history and her first very appearance. Her it's been a long day. Her verse, her first very can't even say it. Her, her first appearance on A's Cast Live. Her first appearance on A's Cast Live on the field, day two, here, Cactus League action. Well, I got to tell you, it's an absolute honor to have you on the program. Welcome to the family. This is kind of like the first the first day you're unveiled to all oh of us gosh. and photo shoots and everything. <laughs> What's it been like? The whirlwind continues in such a great way. You know, I had to wear sunglasses because I'm on the brightest show that I've been on ever. It today. is it is truly the Valley of the Sun right now. It is. Um, no, this has been so awesome. I think it was since I got hired and that was kind of a secret for a couple months and I had to sit on this exciting news and, you know, work it out with our family logistics and how is this going to work and all the things to like the announcement and everything that happened last week and the chaos of, and just so humbling, like to, to have the reception and then to come here, be so welcomed in Mesa and meet so many wonderful people and new faces. And, um, I'm just excited to get started. You know, it's that time of year at spring training where, um, Arizona's the best. You, you saw a great sunrise today and you just feel good about baseball, right? Like the games haven't even been played yet and you just feel good at baseball season's back. You know, it's so interesting when you start talking about people and their journeys and we'll get into your career because you've done a lot of different things, but now, as we always like to say, like Ken Korak is the voice of the team. Oh, yes, he is. You are the TV face of the team now. It's one thing to be a broadcaster and be a part of, you've been with the Rockies it's one thing to be on the broadcast, but to now be the the face of the broadcast, what does that mean to you? Well, gosh, I mean, I feel like I was so blessed to work with an amazing team in Colorado and really learn from some great people. Drew Goodman was the longtime voice there um, on television. And so getting to back him up, you know, having just a little sample of what that means, I think it's such an honor because you're really the guiding voice of what people are watching on television uh, each and every night. And you're, you're you're invited into people's living rooms or on their phones or in their car or whatever it might be, um, whatever medium they choose the entire summer. And you get to be background noise to whatever else is going on in their day-to-day -day lives and also invite them to sit down and watch and enjoy. And I think the excitement of taking this job is the fact of who I'll be working with. And that's Dallas Braden. I mean, first of all, the toughest thing I'm going to have is to pull his personality out. We're really working on that. He's a very quiet individual, as you know, a very, um, He's a pain in the ass. We all know it. Come on. We know. We've been living with it for a long time. <laughs> oh, Dallas. He's the best. So I, I think I'm so excited to work with Dallas. I know his love and his passion for baseball. And I know his love and passion for the fans of the Oakland A's. And so, you know, Dallas and I, and we can get into this, obviously, having been friends for a very long time. I know what I'm walking into. And my job as the play-by-play -play voice is to know your analysts, to set them up for whatever direction they need to go. And I feel like I have that coming in. Um, and so it's really, for me, the team aspect that makes me most excited about this job. 
Well, it's interesting. You've, you've done a lot of different sports. Currently, you still do basketball, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm still doing college basketball. So you do a lot of different sports. When, when this opportunity came to you, and I'm kind of, you know, it's, yeah, it's been a bad secret. We've known a lot since you're roaming around with the NBC people in Nashville, and we saw that. What? Uh, but so when it when when the whole Ace thing came yeah. about, what was that like? Because obviously you've been in Colorado. Your family's in Colorado. Right. I mean, it's, it's a big change. Yeah, it is a big change. And, you know, to be honest, I think starting in baseball, had the opportunity to work with the San Diego Padres. You and I were just talking, you being from San Diego. That's a hard city to leave. It's a lot of fun down there. It doesn't there. suck. Yes. <laughs> and people always go, wait, why did you leave San Diego? Well, I got the opportunity to go home and cover my hometown team in the Colorado Rockies. And that was an amazing experience. Um, when I had the chance to call a Major League Baseball game in 2018, it really changed the course and direction of my career and what I wanted to pursue. And where I wanted to go. And so of course, with that comes that possibility and idea that you're going to leave a home base. And for us, that home base is Colorado and Colorado will always be home, but California really is a second home. And I'm not just saying that my, my in-laws live in Stockton. My husband grew up in Northern California. So it, it is very, it very much feels like we have this, you know, um, not, not to home place, but we, we have a place that feels like we can call it home just as much as we do Denver. Well, the good thing for Colorado, too, since you're going to be doing a lot of the road games, centrally located, centrally located you get to a lot yeah. of places. Right, yeah. yeah. So that'll be that'll be nice. That was you're going to be like the it. road warrior. <laughs> Woohoo! Check it out! <laughs> yeah! Um, you know, it, it really becomes this cool idea for us. I mean, baseball season is a grind, right? So mm -hmm. in taking this package, a lot of it has to do with that when I am on the road, I am working. And when I'm home, there, there's a chance I get to just be home with my kids. I'll be watching a lot of A's baseball. I'll be reading a lot. I'll still be working, um, but I'll be enjoying my time with them as well. And you don't get that a lot as a working mom, especially in sports. And so that was a really appealing part of this process. Um, as my kids get older, they're six and almost three right now, and they're starting to get into activities in school. And so we're trying to find that balance in our family, which is always a challenge, no matter, yeah. you know, two working parents and what you're doing. But we both have very interesting schedules, you know, me being a sportscaster. And then um, my husband is a firefighter in Denver. So, you know, he's a 24 hour shift on 48 hours off. And um, we try and you know, work hard and then family hard when we're home. He's saving lives. <laughs> we're here worried about her sunglasses being in the sun. It's it's very apples to apples what he does versus what we do. Uh, we both have makeup on. Um, you know, <laughs> Is that makeup you're wearing? I couldn't even tell. It's got a good tan. I've actually been here for a few days. Uh, you know, first female lead voice. I, I didn't even think about that. I mean, obviously, I know about your career. I've, I've listened to you on Sirius XM, driving to the ballpark before. But when, when you hear that in a game and in sports, in, in a sport that's been around for so long, you got to take great pride in that to be truly a pioneer. It's it's one thing to have female broadcasters now, but to truly be the first lead of a major league, you know, 30 teams. I don't know if you really how much you thought about that when you took the job, but just tell us about that, because obviously it's got you on the Today Show. It's very historic. <laughs> it is historic. And I think that it's important to recognize that history because I'm so grateful for women like Susan Waldman, who has been doing this for a very long time radio as Hall a famer. radio, radio, yes, radio Hall, Hall of Famer. famer. Yeah. 
um, for the New York Yankees as an analyst for Melanie Newman, who got the Apple package when they first started broadcasting Friday night games and who does the Baltimore Orioles. She reached out to me in 2018 uh, when I got the opportunity to call my first game. And she said, I'm in the minor leagues. I'm working to do this. And you don't know what that meant for you to go on television and do that today. And I was blown away because that to me was in a connection to realize and start doing my research on girls and women that have opportunity now at the college level and at the minor league level to do this. Doing play-by-play when I was growing up, there was no representation for me to say, oh, like there's a woman calling a game. That's cool. The representation I saw was a sideline reporter at a football game, very specifically. Um, And so when I wanted to get into sports broadcasting, it was to do that. And I'm so glad my path took me a different way because I grew up in the game of baseball. My dad is a longtime high school baseball coach. And for me, that was, that was a sport that I've known my whole life. And so um, to, to fall into this game and, you know, make my broadcasting career part of major league baseball was really special in of itself. I, this was not the vision to do play by play. And so now that I am in this seat and we're recognizing this moment, I only want to recognize it because it might be the first of something, but it's not going to be the last. There are so many talented women broadcasters, um, talented women that I've seen in the minor league levels, grinding it out, getting the experience. And there, there's a moment that I wish I would have had that opportunity, right? I've, I've been learning at the major league level and picked up college basketball um, and just tried to get the reps. And so I think for them to have that opportunity in that space is is so cool. And to just move the door and inch open a little bit more for women in sports is so cool. It's, it's amazing and very humbling to be a part of the conversation. But um, I'll bring up Susan Slesser right now. She wanted to do play-by-play. She yeah. did play-by-play in college. Um, and so I think she fell in a path where she got a, a writing job, and that's the direction she went. But easily, she could have been sitting in this chair and in this seat. And so... Um, it's just, it's just really cool to look at those women, feel very grateful for the relationships I've made, um, with women that have come before me and the encouragement they've given me and, um, the path that they started paving that I just went down. You know, you mentioned Susan and it makes me think of one of the books that she did, the hundred things you need to know about the athletics before you die, whatever the official title was. And the thing that you do realize If you look at this organization's history from Philadelphia to Kansas City to where we are, Oakland, and to where we'll be on after this, Mm -hmm. it's always been nuts. It's always been nuts. And we tag, you know, I've interviewed Susan hundreds of times, right? So when she was promoting the book, that was the one thing that she was like, you know, when you research this organization from going all the way back to what it was like in Philadelphia. Philadelphia was always, it was a circus. It was always crazy. It's part of our charm. Don't elephants like peanuts? Nuts? See? And where do you find elephants? The circus, baby. I mean, we've been, all works together. We've been a zoo for years. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's, that's the thing. We're never boring. We're never boring. But the one thing, and I and I talked to Chris about this, is that when you start looking at what's going on with this young ball right. club, we have a lot of noise, the outside noise that's going yeah. on. And obviously, that's something that I have to deal a lot with. Sure. And you'll now have to deal with. But the reality is, they don't. Right. And it's all about what's going on behind us on that field. And we got a young core that started to show itself yeah. last year. Yep. And it's going to be an interesting young team. So the noise will all be about Vegas and where are we playing and leases sure. and all this kind of stuff. But the reality is on the field, you're going to, 
you're going to be growing with this young core that's going to get going to start winning some ball games. Yeah, and that's exciting. And I think fans need to get excited about that. This is this is a this is my sweet spot. This is where I come from. I covered a Colorado Rockies team for a decade who only went to the playoffs twice. And outside of that, there were a lot of losing seasons. There was a lot of growth. There was a lot of internal growth um, and and a lot of development of players that I thoroughly enjoyed watching and getting to know those young players and sharing their stories and you know, watching what they're working on and how they're growing. And I think the fruits of that labor, like, definitely was seen. Sometimes it was with another team and they would go on and play at other places. And I know Oakland A's fans, you know, have dealt with that for a while as well. But you're watching talent. You're watching major league talent on the field um, at, at its very infant stages. And so I think that there's there's something that's very exciting about that. And when you look at the 2024 roster, like that's it. You mentioned the players that got experience. I'll use a line from Bud Black, the Rockies manager and, and Mark Kotze's friend. He always says experience is your best teacher. And the only way for this organization to grow is to give them that experience. And you're right. You said it like I can't wait to grow alongside with them. Right. I know I'm coming into a new job and um, I know that this is my first full time play by play job in baseball. So I, I am. I'm very excited uh, to do that right alongside with a lot of the roster. Rockies games are not easy. <laughs> Okay, listen, the pitch clock, oh. <laughs> game changer. <laughs> no, game like, when changer. A, whenever the Rockies are on the schedule, you'd be like, oh, three and a half, four-hour games, pitching change after pitching change after pitch. You know, the great thing for you now is that you don't have to worry about how many home runs. <laughs> like, you're going to – well, you road games, but once you start doing a lot of games at – the marine layer and it's mm -hmm. cold ball doesn't fly out yeah, it's sure. like a whole different world it's sure. like a but the pitch clock i yeah it's great for us but especially rockies games i it was always like you've got to literally have three center fielders well okay pitch pre-pitch clock in the national league west i often volunteered to go to Oracle Park because you're like, <laughs> you're in and out in like 2.30, man. It's those innings are flying by. You get a dinner afterwards. Yeah. It's lovely. But I'll say in the AL West, you know, going home at night in the mountain time zone, you catch the last games on the radio. I would say like Astros, Rangers, they don't play short games. Like, no, we they used really to play, do not play short games. We were averaging well over three hours. Now, yes. now with the pitch clock, thank different God. Story. Yeah, yeah, thank different God. Story. Speed it up. So you can't just put that all on the mountain time zone. And I have a, I have a, uh, I, I've always had a golden rule. If you're going to be bad, be bad quickly. Of course. It's every broadcaster's rule. Let's, <laughs> let's go, baby. Well, Pick I got to say, uh, congratulations. Thank you. Not only is it a, a huge move for your career, it's also very historic. And as a father of twin girls, uh, whenever you see the barriers or, as you said, the door opening, it means a lot to, to fathers and mothers well, and people like yourself who uh, are paving the way for, for our ch your children, my children. It's a really big deal what you're doing, and I think it's great for NBC uh, and, and it's great for the athletics and what's happening. It's something very, very special, something that you and your family should very be very proud of. And, and I, I'm just you know, thankful I'm going to be part of that experience. We'll have you a lot on AceCast Thanks. and follow you as, as you grow into this job. It, it, it's a big deal, and I think it's going to be a, a, a great marriage between you and this franchise. Thanks. I'm really excited about it. And I think my six-and-a-half-year-old might want to come on as a guest, too, sometime. He's He's just all in on baseball now, so. If you, if you need a, just, a new guest. Are you kidding me? A new weekly spot. We'll give him a podcast. <laughs> he can come right in. Free labor. Oh, we'll take yeah. free labor any day of the week. <laughs>
Is that okay, Mom? We'll, we'll like, sign him up for it. We'll give him some sugar. <laughs> Here you go. We'll give it and let's uh He keeps let's... asking me when we're gonna go see my friend from the TV. He's referring to Hoda from the Today Show. <laughs> By the way, how was that? Dude, so cool. I mean, it really was an experience of a lifetime, but yeah. they were great. I mean, I think sometimes when you watch TV personalities on the national level, you're like, Oh, is this just a show? Like, how are you that happy at four AM or whatever time you have to wake up, you know? But they were, they were even better as advertised. And um, she's, I think on television, she's always like a hype girl, but getting in there, she's just like, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, so much good energy yeah. and just good vibes, good people. And then um, I had a, had a fun full circle moment where my first television appearance, this is a fun fact, it was in 1999. I requested a music video on TRL with Carson Daly on MTV. Now she's going back. And folks. yeah, so I we were holding a sign and I just happened to have a picture. Thank goodness my mom, who is a gem, kept everything. I, she dropped it off at my house a couple weeks ago. I was looking through some old photos and found this one of us you know, going to TRL. So we're holding the sign for Carson. And um, I just told the Today Show producers about it. Well, they end up using it at the end. Carson comes out. He's like, we finally meet 25 <laughs> years later. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so awesome. Yeah. So it was a fun full circle moment. And, you're, and that's an interview with a completely different audience that's watching Rockies baseball. Oh, my gosh. It's yeah, it, it's unbelievable. A lady stopped me at the airport when I landed here in Phoenix. And she's like, were you just on the Today Show? And I was like, yes, I that? was <laughs> I'm like, who? who? <laughs> me? Oh, yeah. No, it's it's cool. And I think to your point, like it just it's a totally different audience of perhaps people that aren't even sports fans, but yeah. um, a lot of people that hopefully are empowered by this story. And um, yeah, it's exciting. Next exciting time we times. see you, we'll be opening day. Let's do it. Right. You're doing Let's opening. Go. Day? Yeah, I can't wait. All right. Congratulations. Thanks. Thanks. Your Chris. first appearance on ace cast <laughs> i feel like we're gonna need a tally sheet oh, how many yeah. times am i coming on is this our contract tr tr trust me we're going to we're gonna my first game is march 15th thank you delaire i'll be on march 15th i'll see you then if De <laughs> delaire's always thank you delaire <laughs> We will see you. See, we care about can't us. Wait. Can't wait. We care about us. I will see we you. We will see you <laughs> in Oakland for the first game. But I will game. see you on NBC Sports California on March 15th. Congratulations. Thank you. It's a big deal. Thank you. Happy to have you. Thanks. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. Do you like how our boss, who also works for NBC, has to get the NBC information in there? Uh, you like that? I mean, it happened. A control the controllables. Wow. Now she's great. Um, it's historic. It really is. And now, when you start to see more women get opportunities, especially the next time we see a women a woman who becomes the lead play-by-play -play voice of a team, they all talk about Jenny. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt. It's historic. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad we finally got to talk to her on air. Um, you know, we know her from. Her time at uh, MLB Network Radio on Sirius XM, you know, obviously I met her in Nashville, but and her, I never really got a chance to listen to the play-by-play -play on the Rockies. Not gonna yeah. lie, I'm not really sitting there grinding uh, Rocky games. Wow, but. Rocktober, <laughs> Rockpile, you weren't. Well, Drew Goodman is a friend of the program. That's true, and Spilly. Yeah, Ryan Spillboards. Yeah, I mean half the half the Rockies manager. They've had seven managers in their franchise history, and three of them managed the Pirates. So I mean, I should I should sit there and watch Rocky games. Well, and and I'll say this too because I have to put this delicately. You got to remember, 
NBC hires our TV broadcasters. The TV broadcasters are not in-house for our organization. The responsibility for the TV broadcasters is NBC NBC Sports California and NBC Sports whatever you would call them. That has nothing to do with us in-house. Fact? Uh, yes. I would okay. Be. So, I mean, obviously the organization, from what I understand, has a say, but the the hiring of these broadcasters, and they're paid by NBC. So what I'm about to say is please don't anybody take it the wrong way at NBC, but it's kind of about – time you get with modern modern times uh multiple broadcasters welcome to reality most teams have multiple broadcasters most teams when you turn on they don't have just one play-by-play guy and just one color guy most teams don't most teams have multiple broadcasters multiple people that partake in 162 games because that's what it should be. One person shouldn't really do all the play-by-play. And one, and God love Ray Fossey, you know, how close he was to all of us. And I used to say it all the time to Ray. Ray, you got to take some time off. Ray wanted to do every game. It's like, no, you shouldn't do every game. It's refreshing when, like, I'm not a Yankee fan. I hate the Yankees, but I'll turn into Yankee. One game, it's David Cohn. Used to be Ken Singleton would be on there. What's his name? Uh, Paul O'Neill. They always have different guys on the Yankees. You don't watch the same guy day after day after day. That's how it should be. You should have a stable of guys. I agree with that. Totally. Sure. Yeah, welcome to modern television. I mean, the fact that we, for years, have run out the same two people, game after game after game, it's like, come on, man. You should have multiple people. Yeah, we have, both, we have multiple radio broadcasters. Yes. Wait, how, how many do we have now? We have multiple people who have done games. Like, all of a sudden, you're going to hear Alex Jensen will be doing a game. We got Johnny D on board. We have multiple people that are going to be doing games. Television, why do we have to have NBC, the same two people? Well, you're not going to have that. So it's going to be great that we have Jenny, who's, I mean, you want to talk about historic? It doesn't, I mean, put it this way, she's all over. You can look, whether it's New York Times, L.A. Times, she's getting her due, and she should. It's historic. But also, it's healthy that she's only going to do X amount of games. You You should have a life. She has a family, right? Correct, yes. We all should have a little bit of a life. And then Chris Carey, who is also going to do games for us. You're gonna, We're, we're going to throw it to him next we got to interview. Obviously, the Carey family, his great-great-grandfather, is one of the biggest figures in the history of our game from a gro- broadcasting standpoint, Harry Carey. And then his grandfather did the Skip Carey, who did – games for god how many years for the atlanta braves and i'll address this later in the interview because i'm sure a lot of interviews that he has to do a lot goes right to his family he wants i mean i wanted to let him let's talk about you and identify yourself but you gotta think your great great your great grandfather and your grandfather 
both called games on super stations when cable was becoming big in our country, WGN and TBS. That's how the Carries got famous. Yes, Harry was going to be famous in Chicago, but if there was no WGN, people in Houston and San Diego and Miami and Milwaukee, they got no idea who the hell he is. He's just been a bit of a local guy. Yeah. He came a national personality. His grandfather, Skip, became a national personality on TBS. And his father, who has been a good friend of the program, has come on with us, his time with Atlanta and his time um, now in St. Louis. Yeah, we'll see him again soon. I, th- I think one of the you'll hear in the interview, Chris talks about uh, one of the one of the first games is with his dad. I think the card when the Cardinals come to town or it's against the Cardinals. Yeah. So that's a really that'll be a really cool moment for him for sure and for his dad. I'm just gonna say this now, getting to meet him will be a stepping stone. Yeah, he's only what 24. Yeah, super young. <laughs> this kid will be national. Oh yeah, he'll be. Uh, what are you saying? Next, Joe Davis. I'm just saying. Remember, Joe Davis took over for Vince Scully. Now he's doing games. He's doing the World Series. Yeah. Well, then you start doing football and you start. Joe Davis also does football. Yeah. I mean, there is a path for kids who are on this type of path. Um, Yeah. You you get certain jobs like we saw with Greg Papa, right? Greg Papa was young, got the Warriors job, and then it just grows, right? So super talented play-by-play guys, when they get these jobs early, they they, they grow from this. But we got him now. Yeah. We got Chris. We got, yeah. we got him now. And we had a chance to catch up with our also new play-by-play television face and voice. Here is Chris Carey, who, who you will see on NBC Sports California. Chris, welcome to Ace Cast Live. Obviously a very big day for you. Day two for us here at spring training in Mesa. But your first day walking around, the photo shoot, talking to the players, I mean, it's a dream come true. It absolutely is. I mean, I felt like an NBA all-star walking out of uh, Dallaire's car when he drove us here, and uh, Jenny and I couldn't Did have been... you miss a 3-2? Uh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was what you'd like to call a role player. I I, I, I usually passed out the water bottles and, and and was an assist guy, and it was really nice to refs. That was my role on the team. So that's going to be my role on this team now, and um, I'm just very, very happy and elated to be here and be next to you. Well, I think about the journey of a play-by-play guy, especially a young play-by-play guy. You're in the minor leagues. You've got notoriety. We'll get into your family history, but you've got some notoriety for a lot for your work and what you've been able to do. And you're shopping your wares, right? You're doing interviews. You just want to get in front of people. And next thing you know, you get the call. You're going to get a big league job, not in radio, television. What was that like? Uh, it was it was something that I, I never could have expected. You know, this process was interesting. Uh, my, my twin brother and I both went into this uh, with with the idea that we were just going to interview and maybe we would finish in the top 10 of finalists or anything like that. There's so much talent in the minor leagues. And then somehow, some way we we had good interviews and we both finished very high in, um, you know, NBC's picks of people. And I finished in the top three and then they flew out the top three to audition and uh, I did it. I was nervous calling a game off of a monitor after having the radio background in Amarillo. Um, I thought that my start would happen a couple of years later in radio, maybe doing some pre and post. And then a couple of years later, filling in for play by play, eventually climbing up the ladder. 
but my uh, my process and, and my situation has been expedited in such a way that I'm still pinching myself yeah. every day saying, wow, how lucky am I? Now, I have twins. My twins are 18. They're just graduating from uh, high school, and we're going through the uh, going to college process. What's it like? You're getting the gig. Your brother was up for it, too. What, what, what was that like? It, you know, it's it's total support. I honestly thought that he was going to be a better fit for this than I was because of Dallas Braden. And, um, you know, what what my employers have said is because of my more analytical style, it's going to complement with with Dallas more. My brother's more off the cuff. He's like my dad and my great grandfather in that way. And he's vastly more talented than I am. So I'm not even worried about where he's going to be. And we support each other through and through. So he may take another year in, in Amarillo, but I expect to see him up here with me soon. And I don't know if it'll be in TV or radio or whatever, but I know when he when he gets up here, he'll make the most of his opportunity like I'm trying to do right now. That's why I love it. I mean, we all get into this business differently. It's, we all have our, our own paths. And just I know for you, so you, you would have thought that it would be radio. Because that's how I first came into the business was radio before I ever thought I'd do TV. And it's just to think that your first gig is going to be television. Yeah, no, it's that's pretty awesome. It's it's pretty daunting, too. It's it's something that it's more of my background with what my dad has done and my grandfather earlier. I know he did some radio, but at the end he was doing TV. And it, it was something that I always wanted to do down the road. I wanted to end up in TV. Um, and I did radio in the minors and, and radio is a difficult, difficult art. And the, the A's broadcasters, Vince Catronio, Ken Korak and Johnny Dosco do an incredible job. I couldn't compete with them at all. So now here in TV with, with everybody being able to see the visuals, I get to play off of Dallas Braden's quirks and everything that he does and hopefully not have to sail that ship like he will and just call the game and have a lot of fun. But you're right. The start usually is in radio when you're straight out of the minors. That's been the blueprint and the floor plan for many other guys. Now I'm a different different case. All right. Take us through it because we don't know, and a lot of people will be seeing this for the first time. You're going to be doing mostly road. Will we see you in Oakland? No, I'm doing mostly home. Oh, you're doing Jenny's mostly doing home. mostly okay. road. Yeah. So we get you in Oakland. Yeah, you get me a lot in Oakland. <laughs> yeah. I see a podcast in your future. Oh, well, we're going to get you to work. 100%. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here to do everything that anybody needs me to do and, uh, and, and be on podcasts or create content. I love um, it. I, I did all that stuff in Amarillo, so... Anything that I can do to help this club, this organization, is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to try my best to uh, be in the good graces of NBC and you guys and, and just learn everything that I can from you and Jenny and Johnny and Mr. Catronio and Mr. Korak. It, it, this is truly something that I never could have imagined happening. And now here it is. And now I get to have the privilege of calling you guys my coworkers. What's going to be interesting is talking to this group because you know we've been on the front lines and battling this battle obviously you've on there's a whole narrative outside mm -hmm. and you've been hearing it being in baseball everybody and what i'm trying to tell what we have going in this clubhouse is far different and a lot of people don't understand it this is going to be a great year for you getting in the first year because you have a group you have a group of a core of young men who are growing up and they're now grown and they're about to be unleashed on baseball. And baseball is kind of everybody's so focused on Vegas and everybody's so focused on ballpark and so focused relocation where we're going to play. No one's focusing on this. And what's coming is going to be really interesting this year. And you being the first year 
I think you're really going to enjoy it. Being a young guy covering a young team, I think you're going to enjoy it. That's been one of the most exciting parts of this this entire process getting here is seeing guys in Midland at AA and, you know, now a year later, they're pushing for the big leagues. Guys that I saw, you know, every three weeks or so in Midland when I was in Amarillo and the talent that they have now translating to the big leagues and being around the same age as me, um, there's a unique connection there. I saw a lot of them in the fall league. I think that it's interesting for some of them. They say, hey, you're the Amarillo guy. What are you doing here? And and now they, they know I'm, I'm one, one of their guys. And um, you're right. It, it's a young, exciting team. And my focus is entirely on 2024 and the town of Oakland and, and this team and NBC. And um, you're absolutely right. I think that this team is going to be very, very exciting and fun to watch. And guys that don't get the opportunities elsewhere will get opportunities here to impact a big league club and have their dreams come true. Kind of like what's happening to me right now. <laughs> You're kind of like our team. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of fun. No, I, it's, and I know a lot of people are like, ah, you're just being an ace homer. You're like, okay, you watch. Cause you know, we live this, the season last year. I've lived, a, I've lived a lot of good seasons. I've lived a lot of bad seasons. Last season was literally the worst. It can't get any worse, but these guys that we started to see, especially at the end of the year, uh, and now knowing how these guys are going to grow, it's going to be a far different year. I got to ask you about your family. I wanted, I wanted to get to know you first because obviously it's it's a famous broadcasting family. I mean, Harry Carey. I, I when I was a kid, and cable st- first started coming out. So I grew up in San Diego, and we got cable pretty early. And I had no idea who your your great grandfather was, but all of a sudden you got you you, you got WGN. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's the guy that they were talking about. So you just you think and then your then your grandfather, TBS, what's what's so interesting. It's just not that your 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 great grandfather and your grandfather were were baseball broadcasters, but they were on these things that we called super stations. Right. Right. That everybody got. It wasn't like they were doing no name. Like if Harry Carey would have done Seattle Mariners, no one really knows, right? right? But exactly. the fact that he was on a super station in a major market, just what is that like? I mean, because obviously that's a great history. It's a, it's an amazing history, and I think that some people have this perception that I, I understand the history. I think that you probably know the history more than I do. I mean, I, I never met Harry. I yeah. hear shards and fragments from different people, fans being in sort of kind of the Midwest in Amarillo. Harry fans say, hey, I remember when your grandfather or great-grandfather did this or that or the other? And that pieces the story together for me. All I know is he was an incredibly polarizing guy, um, very popular. My grandfather was kind of the same way in Atlanta. And uh, they have set the set the, the the framework for what we do today and what we carries all try to do. And, um, you know, we are trying to be like them, be like them one day. And, you know, to be a part of that type of lineage, to be born into it is something I don't apologize for, but also something that I know is a tremendous honor and and responsibility and something that I'm very lucky to be a part of. And our fan base will know your father's been very good to us from his time in Atlanta to now in St. Louis. Uh, he's been great coming on the show. And I remember we we, we talked about because I mean, if somebody did. I don't know if it was the athletics. Someone did the article on the tw- the carry twins. And we asked about it and how proud he was of you. But your dad, a great man and has been a good friend to Ace Cast. So I, I, I I'm I'm happy to have you on board. It's going to be a great run. And, you know, you, you're you're at like the perfect age to grow with the age that we have with these guys. We just had Lawrence Butler on, you know, Lawrence Butler has been with us since 2018. He's grown with the team. Uh, you're hopping on board. I think right at the start of something special, 
So the outside noise, you let it go and you focus on what's going on in that clubhouse. I think we're going to be okay this year. Well, I appreciate the kind words about my dad and about me. It, it Truly, it is a an absolute dream come true to work with some really talented people with the A's, with you, with NBC, and to see this team. And, and I agree. I think it's going to be something special. And hopefully, I'm along for the ride for a long time. But it's up to me to prove that. And uh, I, I want to make sure that everybody knows that I'm going to work hard every single day to try and build build the best possible broadcast I can along with Jenny and Dallas and anybody else that comes into that booth. And and hopefully I'll be on the A's cast a lot more. So we talk in opening day. You're doing opening day against no, uh, Cleveland? Jenny is doing opening day. To my knowledge, I'm doing the next homestand. So my fourth ever game is against St. Louis when my dad comes. So <laughs> so I'll be in one booth and he'll, he'll be in the other and it, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. So I'm going to say that it keeps they, getting more magical. Yeah. Is this like Disneyland for God's sakes? I wonder if, if that was by uh. design or not. Um, <laughs> no, they, 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 they've really taken care of me. So I think my first game is April 12th against Washington and, uh, and Jenny's doing the lion's share of the road games and I'll be doing the, the home are you games going on road at all? I'll, I'll, I'll do a couple. I I'm not doing too many, but which is great for me. I'm, I'm moving to the Bay area. I want to learn, you know, the, the environment. I want to do stuff in the community, get involved with charitable stuff like I did in Amarillo. And I'll have some free time on my hands instead of a 138 game minor league season. So this will be a new change for me and something that I absolutely welcome. Are you going to miss the buses? In some ways, um, I don't think that I've, my six-five body is going to miss laying <laughs> on the floor uh, of the buses. But you know that's part of the minor league life. You know, you you do those things, and the players make those sacrifices. The broadcasters make those sacrifices. Johnny will tell you even more about the bus than me. Um, and uh, it, it's it, it's something that I think everybody in broadcasting nowadays, if they want to broadcast baseball, maybe if you're even talented enough to go to the majors right out of college try the minors because the experiences and the connections and the memories that you will make will be longer lasting than anything that you could have dreamed of. And now here in the majors, I, I don't regret any, any time that I spend in the minors, the people that I met and, and worked with there. The new TV face for the Oakland athletics. We got more coming up next right here on A's cast live. Glad we got him now. Get him now. A's hot. He was really good on uh, Yeah, he was really good. Remember, he's a, tw- a, t- a twin brother as well, which is wild. I mean, how many carries are there? There's four of them. Chip, if you're listening, we love you. Well, that's dad. Yeah, see I, I think they make kids. Yeah, There's four of them. Chip, see you soon. <laughs> Chip, love Chip. I mean, a great career himself. I mean, you look at granddad, great-granddad, dad, all big-time careers. And now the sons are going to follow in their – parents grandparents footsteps it's a great story this kid's going to be really successful i think mean, there's no question about that speaking of kids and success how about the kids on the field they're growing up in front of our eyes coming up next you're going to hear from your shortstop your first baseman and one of your outfielders the kids are all grown and we talk to them next right here on a's cast live 
It's almost that time again, A's fans. Spring training will be here before you know it, and the Oakland Athletics will be celebrating 10 years at Ho-Ho Cam Stadium. Now's the time to make plans to catch us in Mesa, Arizona, starting on February 24th, and enjoy the sunshine of your family and friends. Lawrence Butler, it's a fly ball to left field that's deep. Has a chance, opposite field, home run, Lawrence Butler. Grab your tickets early for the best seats at the lowest prices as your green and gold take on the Giants, Padres, Cubs, Angels, and more at Ho-Ho Cam Stadium. Don't wait. Get your tickets at athletics.com slash spring. That's athletics.com slash spring. This is Chris Townsend, and if you're looking for a great place to eat and watch games, go see my friends at the Chicken Pie Shop at Walnut Creek. The Chicken Pie Shop is one of the hottest restaurants in Walnut Creek. You're not going to find a better menu and come try their world-famous chicken pie that has been served in Southern California for 86 years. Spacious indoor and outdoor dining, perfect for your next private party or corporate event. Don't forget free parking. For more information, go to chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com. Hey, it's Eno Saris, your friendly neighborhood baseball scribe. There are two things I love, baseball and beer. When I'm not busy around the ballpark, you'll likely catch me back with a cold one at any of Fieldwork Brewing's eight locations sprinkled across the Bay Area. Fieldwork's got a rotating lineup of over 20 beers on tap that's as diverse as any 26-man roster. They got everything from super juicy, hazy IPAs to crisp pilsners and tropical sours that make your taste buds do the wave. Whether you're all about that draft life or prefer to grab some cans to go, Fieldwork's got your bases covered. Check them out at fieldworkbrewing.com to learn more. That's fieldworkbrewing.com. Ever since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my hiding spots. Ha! Found ya. How? That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity. Now through March 21st, get started with 200 megabit internet for $25 a month for two years with no annual contract and get Wi-Fi equipment included. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Requires paperless plan auto-pay with stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply to internet service and Wi-Fi equipment. Actual speeds vary. Streaming from A's Spring Training, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Oh, I love this kid. You call him Nicky Knox. Ray calls him Nicky Pickett. Some people call him Nicky Stickett. Nicky Lickett. Okay. I call him Nicky Pie Shop. There you go. Don't forget, Chicken Pie Shop in Walnut Creek. Remember, well, Nick Allen grew up at our family restaurant in San Diego, the famous San Diego Chicken Pie Shop. Second oldest restaurant in San Diego. We then took the restaurant in San Diego and put it up in Walnut Creek, one in Walnut Creek. That's what we call Chicken Pie Shop of Walnut Creek, just fancier than the one in San Diego. And Nick Allen grew up at the one in San Diego and now goes to the one in Walnut Creek. I'm going to have to get him to start doing commercials. I mean, as one of the voices of the Chicken Pie Shop, I mean, I think we should add another dynamic voice to it. No doubt about it. Nick Allen, it's his time. You heard from the general manager. I, I asked. I just said, hey. I threw it out there. Hey, a little uh, battle at shortstop. He didn't seem like there was much of a battle. Yeah, no. He he said Nick earned it. He earned it from the way he played towards the end of the year. Nick Allen has done a lot of work in the offseason to get better offensively. God knows he can play defense. Here is the shortstop of the Oakland Athletics, Nick Allen. It's early here in Mesa, Arizona, and the shortstop for your Oakland Athletics, Nick Allen, is stopping by here at the dugout. Day two of our coverage of spring training. We got to see you. Fantasy camp it was great to see you working out, but here it is. Everything you've been doing, you're ready to rock. Ready to go. Uh, just excited to be here. I think you can see in the clubhouse a lot of guys are excited, so uh, 
that we're putting in the work and, and we're ready to rock. You're a guy that's been drafted by the athletics. You've come through uh, this organization. And I said it yesterday, and I know a lot of people are going to look at it going, oh, you're just the A's guys. But with all the outside noise going on, that's something that's not affecting the clubhouse. You guys feel there's a lot of talent in there and that you guys are going to compete far better than you did last year. Well, I think that's the plan. I think we're, we we want to compete every game, compete to win. Um, we got guys in there that that can win. So, uh, no, again, we're excited. We're excited to get going, but we just got to go out there and do it on the field for sure. You've put a lot of work in in the offseason. Tell everybody what you've been doing. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I've, I think I've gotten better in all facets of my game. Uh, you know, hitting uh, defense, um, hitting-wise, just trying to stay in my legs, try to hit line drives consistently. Um, Defensively-wise, try to make sure I, you know, cut good angles and um, constantly in my legs to make good throws. So I, I've worked in a lot of facets of my game, and uh, I'm happy with what happened. So now let's just go out in the field and do it. Yeah, you went up to drive line, right? Uh, I did. I did um, about up till January and then kind of took all that stuff and started working um, out here uh, with some of our coaches at the complex and uh, just trying to hone it in and and, um, and put it to like, you know, what I'm doing, what my game is, um, just hard line drives, get on base as much as I can. Um, you know, that's just something that I've I, I felt like, you know, my last say two months that I, I started to put together better at bats um, and kind of the who I am. So just got to keep rolling with that, keep going. And I know uh, I can only go up from here. You got to get back to you being you. Yes, 100%. (laughs) No, I I mean, I've been there every single at-bat of my whole career, right? So I'm I'm the one watching it. I know I can do it. Uh, Just got to be able to do it consistently, uh, especially here. Just step in that box and know that, um, you know, it's your box. So. Well, that's the thing that we've talked about is like every single level you've gone to, you go, you figure it out, you move up, you go. And now there's nowhere to go from here, but now it's time to figure it out. Yeah, hundred percent, you know, so just take it day by day, um, focus on the process, um, you know, make sure, you know, today is the most important day and uh, always just think about that and keep moving forward and try to help the A's win as much as I can. All right. A lot of you in this clubhouse got married in the off season yeah. and we talked to Kyle Muller about it yesterday. It's like, I, you know, no one should be happy about last year. And I've been saying, we can't go back to last year. I can't do 50 wins again. I can't come after, come on after all those games. I mean, mm-hmm. it's rough, right? Yeah. Your players, you're experiencing it. But I think what's also good is you guys have gone to the, the off season. You've diagnosed problems that you want to fix, but also at some point got to have a little fun. Can't be gripping it the whole time. Yeah. How much did getting married, going on the honeymoon, allow you to take a breather and kind of, get back to regular life and understand there is things other than baseball. Oh, hundred percent. I think, uh, baseball is just, um, obviously something we love and that we do. Um, and we're, we're very fortunate to be able to do, uh, but also, you know, we, we do have lives and, and, uh, and parts of that are, you know, um, obviously I got married this off season and, and enjoyed my life, uh, and with my wife, now wife is it weird to say <laughs> it's honestly fun it's a lot it's a lot but way better than fiance so yeah um but uh no we had we had a good month of november just spending it with family and then obviously with each other and then on our honeymoon and it, it was awesome just good to get away uh because this game you know you're, you're really 
you lock in on it a lot too much sometimes. So it's good to just get away, not think about it, and then be with your loved ones. I remember when I got married a long time ago, it just, life was different. Cause like the path now is different. It's just, you know, it's not me, mm -hmm. my career. Now I'm married. I know I'm going to have kids. Have you, have you, have you had that? Like, wow. Whether you were living with her or not, but mm -hmm. when you do the, I do, and you're like, this thing's for real life's path now is dramatically different. Have you got that feeling yet? Uh, I, you know, a little bit, we got two, we got two dogs now. So, uh, you know, we kind of started down that journey. Um, uh, but you know, it's just fun every day, you know, to be with her and then to, you know, see what's going to happen now today. Um, and just go through that with her and, and that there's no one else I'd rather be with and doing that. Well, and, and the one yeah. thing about down here at spring right now is there, there's a battle everywhere. Yeah. Right. There's a battle like everybody, you know, and how he's laughed at the old Jamar ball. Iron sharpens iron, but it is true. So just talk about how that battle is, you know, that's coming this Saturday. Yeah, no, I mean, we're all everyone's competing here. I think that's good because it just makes sure that we're all, you know, we're, we're all ready, we're all ready to go. And I think that's going to be good for a lot of guys here because that's what we're going to need. We're going to all need to be um, on our A game uh, consistently uh, to be able to go out and compete and scratch together wins. And that's what it's, a, what it's about is just winning. And, um, you know, our, our goal is to be the best team we can be today. And I think, uh, you know, Cots really said it best, you know, we're, we're going to be winners. Um, we're going to win each day. And I think that's just going to be amazing. Yeah. I think we're going to see the real Nick Allen in 2024, yeah. stealing bags, hitting line drives all over the ballpark and playing spectacular defense you being you that's what yes. 2024 is going to be 100 day in day out mm -hmm. all right buddy good luck thank Great you appreciate stuff. it go ace we got more coming up next right here on a's cast live you being you i think that also may apply to you cody i'm always unapologetically me as they say i think 2024 you just need to be you i'm just here to help the ball club are you really what are those? I'm trying to think of those other cliches from Dole Abolder. You're just going to take it one day at a time? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, that's interesting. How do you not take it one day at a time? How do you – kind of reminds me of the years ago they did those VH1 behind the music, those documentaries on mm -hmm. rock stars. And one of my favorites was Billy Idol. I almost want to tell this because I don't know how many people are end up seeing this, but Billy Idol partied so much in London that he couldn't take it anymore. So he had to leave and go to New York. And then he partied so much in New York, he couldn't do New York anymore. He had to go to L.A. So Billy Idol did so much in his life that he had to leave one of the largest cities to go to one of another largest cities to then go to another. Then there's David Bowie. David Bowie, like in the late 70s, like 77, 78, was done with the 70s and wanted to go into the 80s. So David Bowie left the 70s before the 70s were done. Do you know that? No, that's that's really good knowledge yeah. by you. So he wasn't living. He wasn't living one day at a time or going game by game. So if David Bowie was like in the 1978 baseball season, but in his mind, he was already in like 1982. 
So essentially, he just wanted to give it his best shot, and good Lord willing, things would work out, right? Somebody's calling me from Newport Beach. I just use another Bull Durham cliche there. I just want to give it my best shot, and the good Lord willing. Good Lord willing. Things will work out. <laughs> I mean, because God's on your side. Yeah, yes. God wants me to succeed. God wants A's cast to succeed. Yeah, not just me. The team. Hey, Zeus. <laughs> I've heard of him. <laughs> That's a different movie. That's Major League. Yes. I'm sorry. We're, we're, we're crisscrossing our baseball movies. Uh, you put snot on a baseball. Vagisil. <laughs> snot. Crisco. Crisco. <laughs> All righty. Do you, do you want to go to our first baseman? Yeah. I got to say, if you want to give Ace Cast a little love, we told you Ryan Noda was going to be good. Blocked by Freddie Freeman. We're talking about players. Being we just remember we, we were like, we're bullish on this kid. And spring training hit. He didn't hit all that great. But, boy, you saw the size. You saw the defense. And you saw the eye. Next thing you know, when teams came calling at the trading deadline, people called on Ryan Noda. And it was, nope, not trading him. Why? Because he gets on base. Because he gets on base. Ryan Noda. If power comes with the eye that comes with the defense, Ryan Noda could be a really, really good player for the A's. I mean, really, I would say, is this going to be a stretch if I say there's no question he'll be top five on base percentage in the American League this year? No, because he was up there for a while last year as a rookie. He finished top ten. Yeah. Unless he didn't. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he finished top ten. Yeah. He was in the top five for a while. Then he had this little slump. He was him. leading for a while in on-base percentage in the American League. Then uh, then all of a sudden he had the jaw injury and kind of slipped off. Yeah. But, yeah, he was up there for a while. I think. <laughs> Here is the starting first baseman for your Oakland Athletics, Ryan Noda. It was going down to the AT&T down at Pebble Beach, and I'm listening to Sirius XM, and they go, oh, yeah, it's Players Week. Ryan Noda is going to be on for an hour, and I'm like, look at you becoming a media darling this offseason. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, it was definitely a good time. A uh, good hour. Got to, you know, talk about some things I'm doing in the offseason and uh, got to show a little bit of my cooking skills a little bit on uh, Sirius XM, so that was nice. That, hey, you know, it, it started – I want everybody to know it started right here <laughs> last spring – we brought you on, and we started talking to you. And this guy's going to be the guy. You're going to be the guy, and you end up being the guy. I mean, that first year for you, I mean, all of a sudden, you're one of the top guys getting on base in the American League. You showed everybody that you could play gold glove style defense. Just talk about, you know, reflecting on what you did in your first year. Yeah, you know, I think it started in the clubhouse, and a lot of our older vets, um, you know, Jace, Tony, um, those two guys being gone, you know, sucks, but, uh, we still have a lot of other guys, um, that helped me out and, uh, you know, Brownie Blackburn, they just kind of helped me go through my routine and keep my head on straight with everything we were going through last year. And that helped a lot with me just getting comfortable and being myself and being able to, you know, keep the culture going of like, Hey, like this is a year of we're building towards next year. We're building to become a team that we want to be, you know, we found our identity towards the end of the year. And I think that was huge. So as long as we keep building off that, then, you know, I think everyone can just feed off each other this year and it's going to be nice. 
I love what I'm hearing from the standpoint of we all know how bad the year was. We don't ever want to do that again. And there's a core of you that's like, this is about winning. You've come here to this spring to win. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. And even in our first meeting the other day, all we talked about, you know, listening to Cots is just we heard win so much, which is huge because, you know, you got to speak it into existence, put it in the atmosphere, you know, and every time you say it out loud, your brain just keeps understanding it. And that's your one goal. And that's our one goal in that clubhouse is do anything we can to win, help each other out, pick each other up, no matter what we need to do. And at the end of the day, if we win, no matter if someone goes 0 for 4 with 4Ks, they can help us in the field. Or if you go 4 for 4, you can still help us in the field. And that's our thing, you know, get the next guy up, start a train, you know, and just keep going, keep building, keep getting stronger, mentally tough, and just we keep doing that. I think the sky's the limit for this team. You have a lot of confidence in yourself, but what is the difference, Ryan Noda, now versus you sat in that exact same chair last year's spring what's the difference in you just more hungry you know i've tasted it but you know it's just like when you go eat right you take your first bite and you want more and i think that's what me and a lot of guys in the clubhouse especially being a young clubhouse still like we're just hungry we're ready to go we're ready to show that you know we can compete with the best because we think we're the best and i think that's what you have to have especially at this level you know especially in our division you know, we have a good division, a lot of good teams, a lot of good pitchers, a lot of good hitters, lineups, you know, and so forth. But, you know, we think that we can be a team that people don't want to play. And I think no that's, doubt. I think that's huge for us. How much growth have you seen? Not, you know, forget about you. How much, you know, in your own teammates, even guys that you saw that come up like later in the year, how much growth have you seen in guys mentally and physically? The growth is huge, you know. And it just goes with just experience, right? Everyone talks about experience, just yeah. experienced teams, experienced teams. Well, we got a lot of young guys that have little experience, but our little experience was heavy because of all the ups and downs we went through last year. So we know how to handle the failure and we know how to deal with winning. And I think once we keep getting more of the winning, then we're going to be hungrier for the winning. And I think it's just going to keep building on top of each other because we got a lot of guys in there that are confident that they can be, you know, really good in this game and really good at the big league level. And that's huge. For you, confidence-wise, being able to take the pitches that you did last year, what allowed you to have that confidence? Because there were so many close pitches that you took, went your way, the walks started piling up. We started joking with David Force, the general manager from 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 for the A's about money ball because the famous line, what does he do? He gets on base. So we started joking with David about that and the walks start piling up. What gave you that confidence that I know I'm right. I trust my eyes. I trust my strike zone because a lot of young guys, you're a little afraid the umpire is going to be ringing up on those pitches. It's just preparation and confidence in my preparation and, you know, doing all my studying before the game on all the pitches they have and especially the starter and then their best relievers, you know, as long as for me, as long as you prepare, you can just go in the box and compete and trust yourself and trust your ability and trust your plan. And I think that's the one thing that I did last year that, you know, helped. And I'm going to keep building off that and get better through it and just keep preparing because when you're prepared, then you can do anything. What do you want to be better at than what you did last year? I want to be more consistent throughout the whole year. 
I think that's one thing for me. Like I had a lot of good stretches last year where I had a couple good weeks and then I have a couple bad weeks, but I want to change the couple bad weeks to just a couple bad games, you know, cause that's just going to happen. It's baseball. You know, it's the hardest sport in the world to be consistent, you know, the best players in the world and the best players that, you know, are enshrined in the hall of fame are their best is three out of 10. Right. And so for me, it's just being more consistent more often, you know, going through the bad stretches, breaking out of the bad stretches sooner, you know, and being able to help the team in any way. I also will look for you a little more power. I think you saw that once you got more comfortable, the power started to come. The walks were always there, which is great. What does he do? He gets on base, but you know, it was like, is the power there? You're a big guy. I think once you start feeling it, could we see a little more power from you this year? Oh yeah, definitely. And that just comes with being consistent. Like I just talked about, you know, and I think once I get that consistency part, the homers will just happen, you know, and a lot of homers are just mistakes, right? We're just trying to hit line drives, gap to gap. And then once you miss it a little bit, it goes over the fence. And I think that's, you know, our focus this year is doing jobs, barreling the ball up, keeping it low and then your mistakes will be homers and hopefully we had a lot of mistakes <laughs> yeah and uh you know just keep getting on base and you know just keep doing everything i can to help the team you know get the w at the end of the day you told everybody you you were gonna play gold glove d yeah. <laughs> you warned everybody you told everybody before they knew you were you could play that kind of defense yeah you know it it, it always helps too to have you know emar you know always getting us out there every day early work our feet work our footwork you know hands um everything around the bag you know i had a lot of stuff this off season that emar and i went th over um you know at the end of the year for me to get better and i feel like i have and i feel like i can only just keep going up from here and you know i don't want to be just a gold glover just for myself i want to be a gold glover because when a first baseman is a gold glover that means everyone around the diamond is playing well you know, they're more comfortable with their tough throws to throw it over there. And it's like, hey, I just got to get it in a vicinity and he's going to get me. So I just want to make everyone else around the field, you know, have a little bit more relaxation. And, you know, I think that's just going to be huge. If this interview doesn't fire you up for 2024, <laughs> I don't know what will. We believed in you from day one and we expected bigger things this year. And I love how you're talking about winning. I think a lot of, a lot of people don't understand what's in that clubhouse and they don't know what's coming in 2024. I, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for your teammates. Enjoy the spring. And the next time we'll see you, we'll be in Oakland. Sounds good. Thanks, Chris. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. He fires me up. He does. I mean, he's one of those guys. Like, you got to say it. You got to believe it. Put it in the universe. And it can happen. If you don't believe it can happen, then who 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 does believe? Who will believe? Well, noted said he's taking it one day at a time. Once again, can you do it any other way? Once again, <laughs> David Bowie left the 70s for the 80s, but can I not take it one day at a time? Can, how how can I be in tomorrow when I'm in today? Uh, I'm just that's just looking ahead to the future. So if you're focused, what did you? You were, it looks, sounds like you're looking more, if you're thinking more about tomorrow than you are today, you're looking ahead. You already have today accomplished. You want to get a, you want to get a head start on tomorrow. I don't even know what I'm eating for dinner, let alone talking about what's happening tomorrow. Food you're right. trying to, oh, where's J.P. Sears? I can't focus on Sears on Friday. I'm focused on Lawrence Butler today. Well, that was great to catch up with Law. Big, biggest fan of the program. 
He might be a bigger fan. You don't think than the players are. watch A's cast? He might be a bigger fan than we are, and we work on it. You don't think the players watch A's cast? I can tell you what. Bobby Crosby watches A's cast. Yeah. He was very excited to see. Well, Lawrence said, Butler watches A's cast and A's cast live, and they listen to it. Bobby Crosby once texted me out of the blue saying from Arizona – was it from Arizona to Texas? Yes, from Arizona yeah. to Texas, all he listened to was A's cast the entire time, the whole ride home. Yeah. What did you say? He's a – I'm going to use a radio term, a – P1, like Law? Oh, wow. Law's a P1. Yeah. <laughs> Kavnar better be a P1. She's got to get it. She's got to uh, get up to She said she date. listens, yeah. Hopefully. This Carrie kid, you just think you have good hair and you're good looking, you can get away <laughs> with that. You better start paying attention. <laughs> we'll get him a podcast. Korak, wants- Korak's not showing up for first game? What's he doing? He's got a tea time? A, as, uh, as J.J. Bleday said in the interview, which will air tomorrow, that's above my pay grade. <laughs> so who was it, Vince and Johnny, game one? Yes. Is that what it is? Saturday? Why do I keep thinking it's the Bre- Brewers was last year. Yeah, this it's year Saturday, it's, it's the Rockies. Rockies. The last, Rock Pile. Wasn't last Rock-tober. year the Brewers the first game? D-backs. Was it? What year was it we started the Brewers here and we made a big deal about it? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know, know, man. Those years I all come know. together. I don't know. Was Ryan Braun still on the team? No, Ryan Braun was on. Right. Uh, Cecil Cooper, Robin Yount, and Paul Molitor were not on the team. What about Cecil Fielder? Harvey's Wallbangers. I don't think Cecil Silver played oh, he's for the Brewers. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Prince Fielder. Um, yeah, Law fires me up, too. I'm telling you, we got a bunch of young, hungry, super athletic guys. And if you don't like Lawrence Butler, then you just don't like Ace Baseball. We've given you the shortstop. We've given you the first baseman. Nice reference. <laughs> can you name what team and broadcaster that is? Yes. Yeah, you can. Yes. Light the beam. Yes, that be that be former Kings broadcaster Grant Napier. And I remember him as a former SaberCats broadcaster. I remember his former. If you don't like that, you don't like arena football. Did he did he sign off on the Rome show all the time? If you don't like that, you don't like the Jim Rome show. <laughs> Because you fill in for Rome sometimes. Yeah. Grant Napier. If you don't like that, you don't like NBA basketball. All righty. If you don't like Lawrence Butler, you're not an A's fan. Here is A's outfielder. Could be center. Could be right. I don't know. Get him in the lineup. Well, B, how are you, my man? We've been looking forward to seeing you this spring. I'm doing good, Tony. How about you? How about you? You know, I'm trying to tell everybody, and I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, there's the A's guy just <laughs> just talking again. But I think you're a great example. Hey, man, I'm You've just... grown up with these guys. You've been playing with these guys for years. And what we've always seen with the A's is that core grows up, and then all of a sudden you guys become men at the same time, and it's time to, to rock. I think a lot of people don't understand that uh, you guys are going to be better than people think. Yeah, I think we're going to have a way better team this year. You know, um, a lot of team chemistry already built up, you know, with us playing with each other through the minor leagues. You know, we added some um, veteran pitchers to go out with our young staff. So, I mean, to what I've seen so far in these three days of camp is looking good. You know, everybody's young, everybody's hungry, everybody's trying to establish themselves, just going to make us play harder. You know, the narrative around us isn't too good right now. So, you know, it's just building more fire inside of us. So, you know. People aren't really expecting us to do a lot, so that's just going to you know, feel us to do more. Do you get that feeling that you against the world? 
Oh yeah, I get it every day. Every time I open my phone and see something <laughs> on social media, people yeah. talking about us, man. I mean, yeah. it's it's uh, it's always us versus the world, but you know, we're we're built for that. So, I mean, that's not a problem for us and I think we're going to go out there and handle it well this year. All right, you got your taste of the big leagues. What was it like heading back to Georgia when you took on the off-season workouts? Where did you do with Marquise Grissom again? Yeah, I was over there with the Hill boys. Shout out to Marquise and Lou. You know, they get me right every every offseason. So got to go see um some of my friends, you know, Mike, um, Marquise, Chandler Simpson, Victor Scott, you know, got to see some of those dudes. So, you know, going back home, it was fun. You know, got to see some friends and family that, you know, were congratulating me. Um, so yeah, that was I actually got my own day in my county where I'm from. Really? Yeah, so that was cool. That was cool. What was that like? I mean, that was a dream come true. I got my jersey retired at my high school. Um, Like, the city of Fulton County gave me my own day. So, you know, that was like a dream come true. That was a real experience, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, life changes when you make the big leagues. Yeah, exactly. Big 360 turn, big 360 But turn. But you know what? That's something that you've been working towards yeah. for so long. You got that taste, but I know you want it to be way better. So what was it like this off season to say, it's great that I got there, but this is what I have to change to be the player that I want to be at this level. Yeah. Cause you know, um, I got called up last year and I did pretty good, but for myself, I didn't think I did that pretty good. So, you know, I went into this off season, probably took like two weeks off max, you know, instantly got back to work training, getting better, you know, perfecting my craft, trying to, you know, fix the holes that I had last year in the league. So, you know, just every day was just trying to get better. I'm working out with a good group. They're competitive. So, you know, it's always a challenge in the weight room or on the field, anything we're doing, just challenging each other to get better. So, you know, I'm feeling really good on this year, and I'm really um, expecting us to have a good year. What do you expect of yourself this spring? Um, You know, just I just expect myself, you know, to be a leader. You know, it's a lot of guys that are young, but, you know, um, like Aletme said in the meeting yesterday, he doesn't care if you have two years in the league or two months in the league. Like if if somebody's doing something wrong, hold them accountable. So, you know, I just really want to pick up that leader role this year, you know, get the guys on the right track, make sure everybody's on one page, you know, make sure we all buy in for the bigger picture. Yeah, well, you've been here. I mean, I I, I know we're, it's funny we're joking off the air that people have called you a veteran guy and you, <laughs> you don't have much time in the big leagues, but – from a standpoint of being in this organization, playing the way the A's want you to play, you've been here now for a while. I can see where people and just your personality, I can see where people look to you to lead. How important is that to you that people view you that way? Uh, you know, that's just, you know, I'm just thankful people can, you know, see me and, and, and look at me as a leader and think of me as a leader. Cause you know, I, that's a very important role for a team. You know, the leader is the one who sets the standards, sets the energy, you know, just they're going to the one who's going to lead the team to victory or, or losses. So, you know, you know, taking on that role, you know, it just, um, it comes with, you know, a lot of talking, a lot of people going to say things about you, but you know, there's just what is a part of the game. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm just really excited. Um, for for us as a whole, coaching staff, pitching staff, hitters, you know, I'm just I'm I'm excited for this year. How much have you watched your guys change around you, and not only are you growing as a person, as a professional athlete, but the guys that you've been playing with, it's the same thing. You know, playing with these guys for like the past three years, you know, you just see them where they were, and then you see them now. You can just see big adjustments, you know, guys going every offseason, constantly making adjustments, trying to get better, working harder, you know, trying to get faster, you know, 
cutting weight if they need to, gaining weight if they need to, you know. So, I mean, everybody seems like they have their head on straight. They know what they want. They know what they really want to get out of this as a whole, as a team, which is a championship. And, you know, for us to do that, everybody has to work hard, do their part, you know, buy in, and, you know, just just really come out every day with a winning mentality because we don't want to have that same year as last year. Last year sucked. Yeah, that was terrible. That was terrible. And some of us had to do the entire year. Yeah, exactly. It was a long year. And I've been telling a lot of people, like, we can't go back. Yeah, I was watching it down there in the minor leagues. It was even hard to watch. Me and Bobby Crosby, watch, that, watch those games and just, you know, it'd just be, it'd be tough because, you know, I'm like, please just give me a call so I can come help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, having Bobby here, how much does that help you? That helps me, like, he doesn't even understand how much that helped me. You know, him being my manager last year, and he's going to be our outfield coach this year, even though he didn't play outfield. He, he First day he came to all the outfielders and was like, hey, I'm not an outfield coach. I want you guys to know that. So, you know, just bear with me. This thing is going to be some – it's going to be a learning experience for him. But, I mean, he's just such a great guy that yeah. he's going to easily easily talk to him, easily adjust. Like, if, if it's something we don't like doing, he can easily just tweak a drill, you know, to where we like it and stuff like that. He's also going to help us, you know, bring out the things we could take from the infield to the outfield. So, you know, having Bobby Crosby, just a, it's a huge plus for us. How much are you just looking forward to get games going to to see what you worked on, put it in action? Man, I was Saturday. Was tomorrow? I'm like ready. today? You're ready to go today? We could, we could. I could go in there and put a jersey on <laughs> and play right now. I'm ready. <laughs> See, that's what I, that's what I want to hear. Because last year, spring training, we were like, we're kind of all looking around, going. But I don't have that feeling. Like no. this year, I have the feeling like, like I don't want to get into the gambling aspect. But I'm like, I'm like, if I could gamble, I'm betting the over on. Yeah. And the over is not <laughs> a lot, but I'm bet because. I just think there's there there there's this momentum going with these players with what you guys have started to build and it's and it's fun to watch professional athletes grow up and you guys have really I mean you started out as just a kid out of high school yeah. and now you're a man ready to rock. Yeah. You know, it's just it's um Zach has it on his glove, you know, trust the process, you know. Yeah. No matter where you start, it's always about how you finish. You know, you could come in, you come in um in an organization, you know, weak skinny you know not much power but i mean if you put the work in over the years the work's going to pay off and you're going to start seeing results and you know just just got to stay down for the come up so you know never it's never about where you start it's always about where you finish i know you got to get out of here you guys got this meeting coming up but you know we want you in oakland and we want you on this show a lot yeah you know i love coming on this show you i know, think this, you're, you're, this might you're, be my favorite podcast you, right you, here you, you, you're 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 a big part of what we got going in our future and i think you know, once again, it's like I try and say, man, don't listen to the outside noise. It's what's going on in that clubhouse and what's yeah. going on in that clubhouse. People, they may not be ready for it. No, they're not. That's fine, though. That's what we want. We want to shake the world. We want to shake up the league. We want to put the league on notice. We want all the teams when they play us to underestimate us just so when we yes. hit them in the mouth, it hurts even more. I love it. You have a great spring. Thanks. And the next time we'll see you, we'll be in Oakland. We will be in Oakland. Thank I love you, it. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. Are you feeling it? How do you not go? The rain or the excitement? That's not rain. There's a couple drops. Oh, my God. How Panic soft City. are you? The guy from Pennsylvania's. It snowed when I was there. <laughs> <laughs> that that damn groundhog told me it was going to be spring sooner than later. Punxsutawney Phil? Punxsutawney Phil? Correct, yes. Did he show himself this year? Uh, he No, he did not see a shadow, which I think means... Longer yeah. winter. No, but did not see means 
there'll be sp- early spring. I just watched Bill Murray Groundhog oh. Day. I I really don't. I've know been how shot, it works. stabbed, electrocuted. <laughs> the best was when he's doing the ice sculpture. Yeah. <laughs> great movie. That was a great. Yeah. There's been two Bill Murray references. Meatballs. You got to see meatballs when he's running the summer camp. Well, I mean, you mentioned it, yeah, but I've never seen it. We're going to have to get some uh, outtakes of that and start playing them on the show because that's who I am. I'm like Bill Murray, meatballs, and everybody's all depressed. i gotta, I got to pick everybody up at the camp every day. I, I think the other thing you could do, too, is um, we could take some drops when we get close to the Masters. Here's this unknown groundskeeper. Cinderella story <laughs> about to win Augusta. <laughs> oh, he's got all of that one. David Force, State of the Union, was fantastic today. Yeah, he was great. If you're an A's fan and you got – I mean, he, he gave you everything. I mean, did we miss any – could we have missed anything other than you telling him who he needs to draft in July? He liked the name I gave him, though. That's the first time he actually agreed with the name I gave him. <laughs> Isn't the guy the projected number one? No, no, no. Not yet. The number one pick actually is a kid from uh, – a uh, hitter from West Virginia. It's not him. Oh, God. Um – yeah, kid from West Virginia, number one in college baseball. We had Ginny and Chris, our new TV. Faces, yep. That's the thing. It's like we have the voice of the team. Well, that's Ken Korak and Vince Catronio. TV people are the face. The new faces of A's baseball. Ginny and Chris. Yeah. Ginny, Chris, and Dallas. Yeah, oh, now, now it's time. We should probably go. We got this. Oh, equipment. wow. Ginny, Chris, and Dallas sounds like a morning show. Yes, it's raining. It is raining. What the hell's What the hell's going on around here? Yeah, all right, we to go. quote the great Hank Stram, who was the head coach of who? The Chiefs. It's actually raining right yeah, now. Yeah, we better go. I don't want our new. Yeah, it is actually it's really raining. Everybody, thank you for watching day two. It's about to pour rain. A very dark cloud is coming over us. We'll see everybody tomorrow right here on A's Cast Live. Hey, Oakland A's fans, join your team this spring in Mesa. With nonstop flights direct from Oakland, there's never been a better time to head to the Southwest. Surrounded by this stunning Sonoran Desert, spring training fans know why Arizona is the perfect spring break escape. Miles of trails, shoreline, and sunshine combine for an unforgettable Arizona adventure. There's simply no shortage of things to do, see, and discover in Mesa. Get your visitor's guide at visitmesa.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.